and we're going to restart. Okay, that's great. So, um, gosh, welcome back. Uh, it's been it's been a while. Even I was like, what the heck happened in the last thing? And I had to listen to the, the podcast for sure. So I, I, I do enjoy having that. And it's always really funny to kind of uh, go back. It, and I was like, oh, yeah, I remember, you know, Cassandra did this. And she said this to King Eric. And wow, that has implications. So that was fun for me, you know, the other day. And in fact, I had a little bit of writer's block in terms of... Um, you know, kind of new concepts and ideas that I was thinking for today. And it, it didn't come until like, gosh, 1130 last night as I was like, I don't know, like I woke up suddenly and I'm like, boom, there was all these things and they're just like, ooh, started to flow again. So that was kind of fun. Uh, so uh, just like we've always done, I would love to get kind of player recaps, favorite moments, anything key that you remembered, made you go, hmm, or surprised you. Who wants to volunteer? Okay. I remember being oh. eaten by, uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, 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 go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> I was just saying, I remember being eaten, and <laughs> and this thing was very, uh, this huge snake uh, uh, serpent type thing um, was very, very insistent on that I stay eaten. Yeah. Um, and uh, also Cassandra um, wanted to come back, and there was no way to communicate to her. But you'd be coming back to <laughs> so, so, so after trying that for a bit, I was like, oh, okay, well, if you, if you wanted it, maybe you'll figure a way out. Sure, come on down. The price is high. <laughs> uh, it, was that really memorable? <laughs> I think it was pretty it was freaking memorable. memorable. <laughs> Um, my other Tycho moment that I enjoyed was uh, you had shape-shifted your eyes to be able to see in the dark, which A, was really creative and cool and, you know, something your character had not done before. But then, of course, you tried to take advantage of that uh, and, and uh, help the party out by, by leading the way. And, of course, Sigrun being who she is oh, right. didn't yeah. kind of allow that to happen and then you were like I'm just trying to help out like I mean god you have to be such a dick about it <laughs> <laughs> so that yeah. was one of my favorite moments anybody else <laughs> I forgot about that <laughs> yeah I know and that's just... what I mean I forgot about it too and then when I when I heard it again I was laughing I was like rolling on the floor it was so much fun <laughs> who's next uh, well, one one of my or one yeah was when I was te speaking to King Eric, and I had a mental block on everybody's names. <laughs> so I, the only name I could think of was Floramel, <laughs> and that's the only reason why I used her in my lie. <laughs> and see, the funniest part about that, right? Like, if you had lied about the the names of the people that. I, I might have let you get away with it, but because you use something which is a like a like a logical impossibility, yeah, like she's like, like, well, you know, Flora had twins that she was not aware of, and I'm like, she's right there. What, what, what woman is going to give birth to twins and not remember that she had twins? And I'm like, you're such a bad liar. <laughs> <laughs> so so that was just it was very amusing <laughs> uh, it wouldn't that was me no no I, I, I know I know, I know. and I that, that's like, oh. that's what made it just so so hilarious the only two people I could remember was Corwin which I didn't want to use and Floramel 
Now, I will say, as a sort of, you know, positive counterbalance to that, I really enjoyed what you did with the psychic battle with Floramel. Oh, yeah, that was right? cool, too. Because, yes. you know, and again, like, this whole psychic thing, it's weird, and, like, yeah. who even really knows right. how it's going to work, right? But right. I thought you responded very creatively. Yes. And then, you know, you, you may... And I think the important part is you didn't make it just a fight, right? right. It wasn't about necessarily causing damage it was about creating subterfuge mm-hmm. so that she would think that she had won yes. even though she actually had it right and i thought that that was really really creative yes. and that was cool so but i don't know if everybody saw that i wrote did a write-up so you can read it if you have well generally you have to give people a little bit more than 20 yeah, minutes yeah i know but you know <laughs> at some point you can write read it if you have leah has already read it <laughs> I, I look forward to reading it later, Karen, because uh, your writing has been really excellent. I really enjoyed reading it. Okay. Anybody else want to kind of volunteer? I, I have a funny one for Seagram, but I, I want to hear, uh, uh, Sarah, your, your perspective as well. <laughs> well, I guess uh, my perspective was just, uh, you know, like, okay, so obviously we got to get down there, this, uh, like, uh, into this tunnel somehow, like straight down. And uh, I, I just couldn't see Sigrun like pussyfooting around, like uh, taking all that time to like carefully navigate this descent. So nope, she's bold. She's just gonna do it. <laughs> I just trusted and, and, that and there this, was gonna this, be a, fact, a safe I'm, landing. I, I'm <laughs> so, glad. I'm glad you mentioned that because that was my exact thing. Like the fact that you just jumped down. Assume and yes, I know. I described it as you like the stone hit the water. Right. But mm-hmm. there was nothing to validate how deep the water was. Right. Like, <laughs> you guys did it. And like I was just thinking, I, I don't know if you guys know Michelle uh, and uh, he, he's um, like a, a GM who's often on, on the seminars mm-hmm. and he's all about, oh, you know, like my games are very realistic. And I was just thinking, like, if Michelle were the GM in this one, you know, Sarah, your character would be dead. <laughs> Right. But I think I'm going to give you a little bit more leeway anyways. Um, well, it's a Sigrun thing to do. It, it absolutely was a Sigrun <laughs> and, and you know what? And what I love about it is that you guys are taking these weird chances with things, like knowing that your characters are larger in life and you're Amberites and you're effectively almost like gods. Like, I think it's entirely appropriate to do all these kind of crazy things that you wouldn't do with a normal character in like D&D or something, right? So I'm really glad nope. you guys are feeling you can do this and, uh, t- you know, taking some some liberties. Leah, what about you? She said she her Wi-Fi died. Oh, crap. Um, Astrid? So Duan actually took my most favorite moment was Cassandra, when Cassandra oh. came back to us. I loved that. <laughs> uh, you don't even know that Cassandra's back yet. <laughs> Well, but yeah, she, yeah. Katie, Katie the player. Walked. I know. <laughs> that I, was one uh, of my favorite moments. I think that I, you know, I kind of realized when I made this decision to get crushed um, <laughs> that I wasn't carrying any weapons. And for a second, I was like, can I like retcon that, of course, I had like a sword or something? And then I was like, well, I didn't think of it before, so I guess not. And that has led me to where I currently am, which yeah. is like between for, for, for the a want big of a spoon, the whatever was lost, right? Yeah. But I'm also really enjoying uh, all of please. Sorel's battle forms. Like every time Sorel goes into a battle form, uh-huh. I just think it's exciting. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Thank um, you. <laughs> uh, and and I, I was just going to follow that up because um, one of the things, obviously, and I think. 
uh, Sarah, you identified it or you deduced it correctly, right? This place has something more of the real, of amber, and that is the reason why a shadow can't be shifted. And so it's interesting, right? Because in shadow, uh, you know, assuming you guys have the real pattern, you can pretty much do whatever the heck you want, right? And you have a lot of control over reality. But the moment you get into a place which is actually doesn't allow that kind of shifting, it's like you don't have that power anymore, right? And so what was interesting, I thought that Astrid, you went and you looked for a torch, right? Like a very mundane, simple thing to do and very practical. And, and you kind of did that. Um, but did you go look for rope? No, that could have been useful, right? <laughs> and and I'm, I was also thinking that would have been a really good opportunity for sorcery, right? So it's not something that has to be used immediately in, in the midst of combat, but because sorcery is slow but extremely flexible, you could have summoned a whole length of rope or something like that. So that could have been something that you do. So, you know, don't forget your minor powers. Uh, you know, don't always feel that because you don't have Trump, you can't do X or you don't have pattern that you can't do X. There's always going to be some creative things and you know that's why Dwan's use of shifting his eyesight so that he could like see in the dark like a cat I thought was perfect so that was really great and last but I, not least oh yeah sorry any any other comments I just want to add that I really enjoyed Katie's um angst about being crushed just to see the comments in the discord over the last month I've kind of enjoyed that I'm sorry I don't, as, a, as a player I've enjoyed that <laughs> I mean, I can relate. Sigrun's not in the best of places either, but uh -huh. uh, yeah. <laughs> and Leah, any last thoughts before we, uh, you know, continue? I'm not sure if this has been mentioned yet because I disappeared there for a second. Yeah. But I enjoyed our progress down the well. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Mainly uh, Sigrun jumping in. Yeah. And I, uh, I, I like uh, the conversation going so badly <laughs> with Clowrung. Uh, oh it's like Sorrel's no longer sad that they had to kill him. Oh my God. Well, and th that was the funny part too. I remember, I, and again, this is like, I had forgotten this detail, but it was part of the, you know, the podcast and, you know, Sigrun was like, Oh, um, you know, Tycho, you're the, you're the talky one. And, and Astrid, why don't you, you guys do all the negotiation as you just kind of step off to the side. Right. And then, you're, and then Astrid's like, okay, I don't think we're going to be, uh, negotiating any further after he kind of rose up and got mad. So <laughs> anyway, I felt so bad about that. Like Astrid, you talk to him. Like as Sigrun was being so civilized and she was like, well, maybe we should try something like talking to him. Like it's so different. And Astrid's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and Tycho was like, I don't believe I'm actually hearing this from you, that you have an option other than just fighting things. Right? <laughs> so that was that was funny. <laughs> she should, should have stuck with what she was good at and just gone for it. <laughs> yeah. OK, so let's get started. Um, Sigrun, your <laughs> body aches with several major mm -hmm. fractures your <laughs> shoulder you can feel the twinge of pain even from slight movements maybe a fracture of your uh your shoulder bone or your collarbone or something there um and definitely your uh right 
uh, tibia. So that's a, a major bone in the lower leg. And uh, mm-hmm. it's it's a pretty thick bone. So these are not bones that are normally kind of uh, would break, especially in someone as hardy as you. Yet under the crushing weight of this gargantuan creature, you do find yourself with, um, you know, definitely a break. Now your constitution and your nature and your warrior spirit is such that you can ignore the pain effectively, but it does on a physical basis, just a pure mechanical basis, it is going to hinder your movements and your agility because your full frame is not as sturdy as it really should be. Now, over the long term, this will very likely heal. You've probably experienced, you know, as much in terms of breaks or injuries than you have here. Um, And you've always been able to recover over the long term. But this is obviously sort of a precarious situation right now. The serpent's head, head, Glaurong's massive, gigantic frame. And now in the light that is being reflected, that scarlet and ruby shine um, that is echoing faintly off the remains of this room, you can see just how large this creature is. So the head span is like at least four to five times the width of your body. And so, you know, it, you know, the, 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 the lid uh, that is there, even the teeth that are kind of sticking out and uh, the, the, uh, the, the serpentine neck and all these other limbs, it is truly a gargantuan, gargantuan creature. And to a certain degree, not quite surprising that you're in the state that you're in. What do you do? I have Grace Von Deer like buried in its neck, do I not? You do, absolutely. And I mean it it basically sits there and I mean it is is carved so far in it's like slid right through. Um, you mm-hmm. know, through the neck, up through the jaw, into kind of like almost like the mouth kind of area, and uh probably into, you know, brain matter or something like that. Uh so it's definitely lodged there. Okay. I'd like to uh thrust it deeper and twist the blade. Okay. Um, as you do that, you can hear and feel the death shudder of this creature. No longer surrounding it is that nimbus, that shield of golden energy. Whatever was powering that seems to have kind of died down. And as you twist, you can feel the hot liquid of some, you know, blood or other internal fluids begin to just flow over your arms. And it recalls in you those times in battle when you've had to be on the edge of sort of a blood rage, you know, in the killing moment when you were on the field of battle and just the hot liquid pouring over your sword arm and your other hand, it brings you almost into that state. Anything else that you do? As you uh, if it's dead now, I'll, I'll pull my sword free. Okay. And uh, it's sorry, am I, is it still in the air? Like, is it about to it's, fall? It is basically the whole body has kind of collapsed onto the ground. And because you mm-hmm. were sort of attached onto it, basically you got slammed over there as well. But I mm-hmm. mean, you've got enough natural agility to have stayed in a roughly upright position. And so, yeah, I mean, you can grasp your sword and you can start to pull it out. 
Okay, I'll, I'd, I'd like to pull my sword out, and then I think the next thing that Sigrun would do would be to run towards the uh, the jewel of the eye okay. and try to retrieve it. <clears throat> and again, with a clean, very swift, well-practiced uh, motion, almost the reverse of your sword going and sliding into its sheath, you whip the sword out in a crescent shape, and it flings blood and other bits of its skin and bone out forward, just slicing so cleanly and so easily through, and your blade flashes with a bright red light as the arc of your swing cuts through the light that is reflected in the cavern. Sorrel, you remember these webbed membranes closing over your eyes as you released your body so that it could protect itself. You could have held on to your shape, um, but one of the things that you did was expand uh, your body beyond its normal frame, stretching it to its, in fact, limit, and your body itself began to grow and to multiply and to, to, to lengthen and strengthen in every way. But the cost of that seemed to be the encroachment of these cilia-like tendrils of flesh and organic matter flowing over the wounds that you have taken in your body, the intense scratches of you being smacked against the side of the cavern with uh, crystal and stone cutting into your armored form. And then your, you feel your eyesight even though you try and hold on to that sense of consciousness, that sense of vision, you do feel in your hand, at least you think it's your hand, the pulsing and the warmth, almost like a heartbeat of the gem or the jewel that you grasp in your hand. And even as that heartbeat flows through your body you can feel your vision begin to sink lower and lower and lower until your eyes shut completely what do you do if i still have any movement of mine i'm going to clutch the jewel and i'm going to try and crawl towards the water okay you hold something sharp in your hand. It is somewhat light, but jagged, and you feel like glass has sliced through your open palm. And you feel blood and the explosion of surprise, shock, and pain. And as you look down, Grasp in your hand is some sort of shard of glass, and it is embedded and sliced deep into your palm, and it's not a surface cut. Half of this jeweled shard 
shining kind of red crystalline and glass-like is embedded inches deep into your hand, which is not in fact your lizard's claw. And you can see the blood beginning to drip down from your wound, down over your hand, and you raise your hand up just to kind of look at it, and all of a sudden, whoosh, there's this flash, and you see yourself in the mirror the mirror cracking and breaking, and you see yourself there pictured in that moment, your eyes and your pupils wide open in shock and remembered terror of your childhood. And you find yourself within that darkened room with the mirror that was the source of your nightmares and it cracks open and you can see your reflection, one half yourself with your blonde hair and your blonde tresses, but your eyes open wide in some type of fright and shock, and then cascading out, broken in all of the reflections of the mirror, is a horrible, terrible serpent-like creature, a hooded snake with fangs and eyes that glow red with malevolence. I try and meet my own gaze of myself as a snake because since I've been a child, I recognize that as part of me. So... In, like, this imaginary mirror that I'm seeing. Okay. And you try to reconcile your memories and your recollections of the immediate event and it does to a certain degree for a second that that shock and that remembrance of, of the serpent is no longer quite so terrifying because it is yourself and you've made that acceptance and as that happens your reflection or at least your perceived reflection of yourself melds together and you are one with the snake and it is not a problem. But just as you do that, you see the other reflection, the shadow to your right side and the shadow to your left side, looking and gazing into you as two large burly hands grasp onto your shoulder, tightening their grip. And you can see a glint of some sort of metallic object begin to basically flow quickly in your direction. Cassandra. Yes. I scream. (laughs) (laughs) And and as you do, like, I I mean, and, and, you know, because you find yourself sandwiched in between this fleshy substance that seems to grip on all sides of you, you can feel the pulsing of what is some type of muscle or, or, uh, you know, sinew or something, and it's like moving and swallowing and undulating, and you can feel the pressure of this muscular tube basically, you know, contracting and and expanding, contracting and expanding, and you are starting to be pulled down. And one driplet of 
a liquid actually pours over your hair and another one flows into your open eye and it burns with an acidic sting. And at that moment, you do scream out if it's not shock or pain or even fear. Definitely you are there and then you can feel your skin begin to react as your entire, uh, you know, outer skin is covered with essentially a high powered acid. You can smell it begin to smoke against your flesh and the acrid tang of a powerful acid striking organic flesh and beginning to eat its way through and start to dissolve, you know, the hairs on, on your, on your skin, you know, the, the particles of your cells, etc. And you can feel your clothing even start to whittle away. What do you do? <clears throat> Tycho, where the fuck are we? <laughs> <laughs> Ty- in the belly can- of a beast. Uh, you can- or where? <laughs> So, so you you can you can sense Tycho um, further down. In fact, he's not that far away. He's probably but but um, your sense is is that if you think about your orientation in space, and it's really hard because it's dark in here. Yeah. There's no light. You don't really know what's up and down. But your own natural sense of physicality as to where you kind of sit, you feel that. Wherever it is that you came from and you kind of dropped, because you can feel this residual gravity, it's pulling downwards, right? Towards Tycho? Towards where you believe Tycho to be. Okay. And so he is deeper and further within whatever this weird organic musculature. So if you want to join him, you absolutely can, but you have to either... That's not what I said. Where the <coughs> fuck are oh, we? Right. <laughs> So, 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 so anyways, so, so, and, and I guess that's what I'm going to ask you. So, I mean, even as you kind of scream that out, and again, the sound does not project very well in here. It's like everything is squelching around these organs moving in and out. And, you know, and, and you're like, and like, it just, it does, it absorbs the sound. It's not even that effective. You're not sure whether or not he's hearing you or not, but you can feel something moving deeper down inside the throat or esophagus of this giant snake. Now, you're not quite sure that that's where you're in, but that's your situation. What do you do? Uh, well, I, Cassandra does not know that I can't use shadow here, so I am going to try and use shadow to get out. So I'm going to imagine myself outside of whatever I am. Interestingly enough, one of the things that you do connect on, and maybe this is just your arcane training or the power of your mind itself, there is within the whole structure of this beast and creature little particulate flecks of you think and you I mean you've seen enough now and and experienced enough of shadow and of pattern to be able to recognize some of this and it's almost in you've seen it and felt it also before when you and Sigrun were holding and contesting for graze one deer now, Graze One Deer is a lot more dense with the 
influence and the intertwining of these kind of motes of pattern energy, but you feel that these things exist within this musculature, this structure you are in, but you can feel them begin to fade. And so you could try to shift shadow or you could maybe try to grab on or manipulate or you know do something with this residual energy that it is fading. I am going fast. to try to use the residual energy of the pattern. Okay. That's what I felt it was. It was like the pattern. That is a very good educated guess. I'm going to try and use that to get out. Now, how do you do this exactly? Help me well, understand. do I feel a pattern in these energy? Can the, I follow the pattern of the energy? No, it is not something like you can sort of shrink and teleport into the pattern. What you do sense is that there's the essence of pattern basically like every living cell contains DNA. Mm -hmm. It's sort of the reflection of that. And so, you know, the DNA, the presence, the essence, the marking uh, of the pattern is here in these tiny motes of flesh and it does course over you and again you feel that it's almost like a light bulb beginning to dim and it is starting okay to so can away. i grab that energy and imagine myself outside of this place kind of like i would with like when you get to the center of a pattern, you can go wherever you want. Understand. Okay. So what you do is that you kind of reach out with your mind and your psyche and you start and you, you get just the slightest hold yep. over one tiny particle. And then that grows into another and another and another. And it's almost like magnets. You're sucking them in and concentrating them in. And you can feel the beginning of a light and a power start to kind of flare out. And like, I guess, I think an atomic bomb actually works this way. Like the, you know, when you yeah. condense the nuclei mm -hmm. of, of an atom, they gain more energy yeah. type of thing. So you're grabbing all these multiple particles and then you can feel the energy and the power of this, this um, you know, incredible energy source just kind of reach out to you. Now it starts to flare and flash and in an explosion of light that may be just reflected in your mind, it flashes over you. Astrid, you have managed to find space away from the bulk of this creature. You had just executed a leveraged throw to basically unbalance the creature and as you do so guiding along that path using your training using the focus of your strength and your power you guide and direct the creature to fall and crash onto the ground however even as you come out of that throw, always practiced and, you know, memory perfect, you feel the twinge of your cracked ribs. You feel the twinge of pain in your upper thigh, which you had uh, poured your healing energy into, and it seems to have kind of stabilized it, but you can sense pain and flares and weakness. And, you know, you are not 
the fully formed warrior right now. You have taken some serious wounds to your exterior um, that will take some time or maybe focused healing to, to redress. As you release the creature and it slams into the ground with a giant crash, what do you do? So I can tell that it's dead. Um, I'm going to try to... So if I remember correctly, there was kind of like the water space and then like uh, like the tunnel or the, the sewer type place right before the water. Yep. So I, I, I just kind of want to get to where I'm not along the side that I'm, I'm back on that more land area. Okay. And I'm just going to kind of collapse... Uh, onto my knees and I'm going to start doing some healing sorcery. Okay. And are, is there any particular part? Are you looking to heal the whole or are you looking to target a specific area? Uh, I'm having a really hard time moving. Like it is extremely painful. So I'm going to target my chest, like those broken ribs and my thigh. Cause okay. I, you know, I know we might have to go back up that tunnel or up that well to get back out. So <laughs> and as, that's where I'm going to focus. Yeah, as as you kind of focus those power words and, you know, link also to your own internal training, your energy, your mantra, your chi, those things connect. And you can feel the flesh, the muscle, the bone and the sinew begin to re-knit and, you know, pull themselves together. And the matrix of the sorcery and the power word act to bind those things together as you pour energy and healing modalities into your frame. And last but not least, Tycho. You sense darkness all around you and you are you know where you're in i mean you have a you know absolute awareness that you were swallowed by you know this beast in fact one of your armored um kind of shards on the outside of your carapace was actually partially dissolved by the acid inside of this space um but all of a sudden in front of you you feel this flaring of energy of light, of power, and it is starting to expand and basically break into the space, almost starting to light it out. And it feels like, you know, you're in some sort of dark cavern or corridor or some sort of darkened room, and you can see just the pinprick of a golden light at the end of this space and this tunnel. Now, the surface of this creature's esophagus or whatever the musculature you're you feel it not really beginning to react anymore and it's almost like the area that you are in is kind of stable and you feel yourself you know being able to push against the sides oh you can't hear that's not good can other people hear us Oh, no. Okay. Lost. Oh. Okay. Well, um. Let's exit and go back in. 
Oh, see, it, it guys, can you can you hear Hello? us now? I can hear you. Okay, okay. so it, it it must have been just lost. Okay, that was weird. Yeah, because uh, it, it was it was wasn't green, but now it's his voice connected. So you guys can hear hear us now. Okay, so yeah. uh, I was going to Duan, and what yeah. what specifically had I started to say before? You it said was... the esophagus, and you feel it, and that was. That was <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, and, and and so this is basically so I'll, I'll kind of uh, you know restart again. You feel okay. yourself within this kind of you know constrictive space, but you don't really feel the spasms of the musculature begin to kind of pull yourself down. You remember how your armored carapace, part of it on the shoulder area, had started to melt away because of the, yep. um, uh, <clears throat> you know, the acid. And, but you managed to kind of, you know, anchor yourself in, and basically stop yourself from flowing down. And in this space, in this darkness, you realize and it feels like and you hear and are listening and you can hear just the droplets of water or some sort of liquid hitting the ground drip drip and echoing throughout this darkened chamber but at the very edge of your vision somewhere away you can see a pinprick of light okay so i start pulling myself towards that golden light okay the light shines closer and it's actually very close within reach. Now, there's an oddness to it, almost like, you know, the source of light is so tiny and so small that it doesn't have a strong reflection or a strong source that is illuminating the area that you are in. And it's almost like, you know, again, it's just this pinprick of light, but it increases in brightness and intensity, even though it stays the same in size. And you almost feel that if you wanted to kind of reach out, you know, when you are in the dark and you squint at a light that you can see, there's almost these kind of beams of light that kind of flash out and sort of intensify. Have you guys ever experienced yeah. that before? So it's that sort of thing, but imagine that happening and then the source of the light just expanding and becoming more and more intense. So it's almost like as you concentrate towards the source of that light, it gets brighter. And as a result, as it's getting brighter, these little tiny, tiny lances and pinpricks of light, they get closer to you and it's within reaching and touching distance. What do you do? All right. So I kind of reach out with my mind and I'm trying to pull myself towards it and kind of focus on it. Okay. And um, as... I can... go, ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just saying, I continue to like pull myself as far as I can, but, but my main focus right now is trying to focus on it and um, trying to use my will to, to either pull it towards me or manipulate it in some way. Okay. And then... Um, <laughs> Again, and in you've been here before, this light basically explodes into your immediate area and floods into this light and you see yourself holding your sister and again this is your younger self your child self remembering running out of your mother's arms onto the beach into the area the dressing room and into that darkened tunnel where you hear your sister screaming in terror and you start to put your hands around her in this kind of 
hug and you can kind of see her holding at the sides of her face and her eyes beginning to open wide and then you see all of a sudden as she screams the mirror in front of you shatters into like a hundred pieces and then you see also behind you these hands large hairy muscly and the reflection of some sort of white clothing behind a mask and these two large male faces looking and reflecting at you right out of this mirror vision that you find yourself in and a hand clutches strongly upon your shoulder and begins to squeeze and pull you away what do you do i I'm holding on to my sister and I'm trying to simultaneously pull forward to get away from it. And maybe to the side because I don't want necessarily to be in front of this mirror and um, or in the clutches of these of this of this man or the little brat come back here and the hand reaches for you and you can feel it I'm trying to move along with you you manage to kind of slip but you know between yourself and uh, Sorrel who is still screaming you can see that that hand is kind of moving towards you and you're actually shoved to the you know other edge of of the room and you can see the broken pieces of a mirror's frame with the glass shattered everywhere you step on something that jabs into your foot and it begins bleeding and you're you know Pain explodes in your mind, and you can feel Sorrel basically scream and continue to scream, and another hand, you know, reaches out and kind of grabs for you. Come here, you! Uh, I... I put down Sorrel, and I grab for one of the shards. Okay you have it in your hand it slips through and slices through your palm a little bit and you feel there's this ruby glow that kind of burst outwards and you almost feel time slow down as three small droplets of your blood begin flowing thick like syrup down your raised arm right, turn turn around a wheel on these our assailants and i say Stay away. Coming for you. you. And it rushes forward with two hands outstretched, the other one standing in the back, his fist raised, and they come towards you. All right, Astrid. Not, sorry, not Astrid, but Sigrun. Sigrun, you pull the blade out, and you stand to the edge of this um, uh, creature. Now you can see um, on the other side of the serpent's head and coiled around the neck area of, of, the, uh, of the serpent itself, basically the form of sorrel. And, and you actually only guess that is Sorrel because it doesn't really look like her. Normally, you've seen her combat form and even her avatar form to be something more like, um, you know, a half 
uh, you know, humanoid and, you know, the lower half in, in, you know, like a snake's form. And there's definitely reptilian edges, but there is something even more about this. And it's almost like you can see one hand over to the left, you know, and grasped in it is appears to be some, you know, there's a golden chain that's holding onto it. But then, you know, going into the rest of her body, it's bloated and it's almost like, you know, two parts of a snake that are kind of melded together and joined almost like they are blossoming and multiplying and stuck together and a thick skein of mucus and these wiggling kind of cilia are wrapping around and growing rapidly over the entire surface, almost creating this pulse of a pattern that seems to flow everywhere down her now very worm-like skin. And it's almost not serpentine-like. So the serpent, you know, has, you know, basically these scales that kind of follow everywhere, but it's almost like, you know, the serpent part has kind of stretched beyond and there's just this kind of protoplasmic goo that is binding the bits of her serpent form together and you can kind of see it stretch you see part of her head and her eye you know stretch in your direction and the mouth sort of stretches open and all this can you guys hear you guys can hear yeah Okay. And all, all this kind of mucus, you know, kind of as the mouth opens and it, it, it stretches forward, almost like this membrane that just kind of oozes upwards and her eyes start to make, well, they're not really her eyes, but these, these weird membranes that cover both of her, you know, what used to be her eyes. Uh, and, and they kind of stare back blankly at you and begin to multiply forward. And you can feel her form starting to shift and almost start to move over the carapace of the, the snake's skeleton. What do you do? Does it look like she's being overtaken by this mucus? Like, is that what Sigrid That's is? a really good way to see it because you've never seen her in this kind of state before. And I mean, you if that were you, you would not want that to be happening. So there's something... There's something definitely very strange and very disturbing happening here. It's almost like she is losing or has lost control over her form and is no longer able to adapt it and bring it back to its normal, stable shape. Sigrun will jump forward and uh, you said she's holding on to a chain. You think so? Chain. Yeah, something like a, a chain, a, a golden chain. And, you know, you can see these lances of, of kind of ruby light that are kind of grasped within. It, do I see any connection between uh, the chain and this stuff that's happening to her? <sighs> You're not a sorceress or a person who's really trained in arcana. I mm. mean your your mind and your your analysis says that it is reasonable that if she holds a artifact 
of arcane and mystical power, it might be driving or it could be a trigger for the changes that are happening in her body because certainly she did not have it before. Then with my good foot, I will stand on my broken leg or kneel. Uh Uh-huh. No, I'm going to stand. I guess I have to stand uh, and kick the the chain out of her hand, see if that... um, stops this process from continuing. Okay. Sorrel, a painful blow, a fist used to punish, to hurt, to intimidate, slaps into your face. And you can feel the energy reverberate into you know your arm holding that shard of sharpened glass and you can see the menacing form of these orderlies and you look into their faces and you can see the blankness of their stares of their alien cold eyes reflected back at you and they almost appear to be the eyes of insects that that multiple compound effect and you can see like the multiple shards of the mirror that you can see just reflected in their eyes as they open up and come after you and you can feel the fist raise forward and come down to strike what do you do i try and stop the strike i'm terrified of these creature men things Okay, so you I try and pull away from them. Okay, so you pull away from them. Now, you do have a shard of glass in your hand, and you know that it is sharp, and you know it, it, it is, uh, uh, you know, something which could uh, potentially be an improvised weapon. You know, and you feel your own blood kind of, you know, um, basically kind of collecting there, and you know that you picked it up, and it's large enough that you could potentially use it to kind of fend it off. Now, as you do so, you kind of move off to the side, and your body just kind of pulls away, and then that sharpened there, and, you know, you have a moment now, this, this opening, where you have the ability to either pull away or to strike. What do you do? I'm going to strike. Okay. And you lash out and you can kind of see these inhuman faces kind of come closer and almost like these mandibles begin to chitter and kind of echo at you as they come closer and closer. Cassandra. Yes. um, All of a sudden, Tycho's fist slam an armored shell slams into your body and basically rakes across your open uh, shoulder and you can feel the muscle and the blood begin to tear and it is a powerful powerful strike and you know it took you off guard because you just didn't expect it you saw him come out and then all of a sudden he is coming for you and he is attacking and um, you know that enough is able to shock you out of that kind of immediate state what do you do do I still see the light um you well okay it is there and you have it held on to you've got that kind of a little bit of power but the shock of the blow to you also came as a surprise so you sort of lost the immediate control that you had over that so you basically have a choice defend yourself physically 
or try to reconnect with that energy. I want to reconnect to that energy. Okay, now, potentially, if you reconnect to your energy, you're going to be left open. Yeah, I know. Okay, just making sure that I understand. All right, um, Astrid, um, you see and feel uh, something really disturbing going on. And in fact, what you see is Sigrun um, starts to kick out at what appears to be the form of um, uh, Sorrel. And Sorrel's mutated, flexible, protoplasmic form flows over and basically the shard of this crystal light starts to move towards and you can see it like two blades almost about to kind of clash together. And so this blade is arcing towards her, uh, Sigrun's foot, and uh, and, and Sorrel is, is, is kind of striking out towards it. And so you can kind of see this almost in slow motion, this kind of happening, and you're too far away for this to immediately kind of impact and figure what's going on but then I mean you can kind of see this and definitely there's there's stuff going on you also see within the throat or the midsection of this creature there is violent struggling movement inside the esophagus section of the neck and it's almost like you know what's within there is kind of struggling and pulsing forward Whereas the rest of the snake, its body is still and not moving. It's almost like in a localized area in the throat, it's like a death throw. What do you do? So seeing that strange uh, shard kind of come up off Sorrel towards Sigrun. Yeah. Um, I look at Sigrun and I yell one of my power words. I yell beast mode <laughs> to try to give her some extra amp. Um, and then I start trying to make my way up. Can I use two power words? Uh, not effectively, no, not within one okay. quote-unquote round. But sorry, I wanted to understand who is the target of the beast mode? Is it you? Uh, no, it's Sigrun. It's Sigrun. So, I, so, so I'm so i interpreting this shard as antagonistic. Yep. So I'm hoping that by amping up Sigrun's whatever, yep. um, she'll probably hate me for trying to help her. Uh she can battle off the shard. Okay, perfect. <laughs> All right. Um, then... Uh, and I'm going to start making my way in that direction. Yeah, and, and I mean, you spring into action and you should be able to, you know, basically reach that area, um, you know, within like the, the next, like with your next move. I mean, although like you've managed to heal yourself enough that, you know, your, your frame is stable, it still hurts, but you're able to kind of move forward. Okay, so then... Oh, now, even as you start to kind of get up, you suddenly uh, see escaping like mist, you know, from an area behind the darkness in between a column uh, and near the water. It's almost like a whole flood of smoke and mist begins to filter into the entire area. And it's like, you know, boiling steam or some sort of rapidly expanding gas and smoke that begins to flood into the entire area. It has this thick, acrid, almost um, sour smell to it. And you can, you now are not really able to see the whole area is obscured you can see just the 
faintest glint of like a ruby light, but even that fades into the background as this fog or this steam starts to cover the entire area of the cavern. Tycho, uh, you have... Okay, and, and I guess I'll say the hands kind of reach out to you, both of these um, armed orderlies looking with their insectoid alien eyes into you and they're coming forward. One is moving to strike, the other one is looking to grapple. You have a choice. Well, you have different things that you can do. I, I mean, you could actually try and fight with them directly, match strength for strength. Uh, you know, you could move away. You could actually attack them with your armored form. It's really, you know, up to you. What do you do? Um, I'm going to attack the one who is trying to grapple me okay. and also grow an armored form to stop the other one from from stabbing me, basically. Okay. Um, as your armored form, it's almost like a simultaneous reaction and it's so fast. Uh, you kind of grab onto this other one and you kind of like, you know, yank it forward and, you know, it's pulled, you know, into your uh, grasp and you have a very strong grasp on it. And then the other one kind of its fist crashes into your armored form and you can see him recoil in pain as his fist and his arm kind of crashes and basically carves into you know, your your jagged uh, armored form and you can see just a spurt of blood just kind of, you know, explode off of it. Okay, so you've got uh, control over the one that is trying to basically grab you. What do you wish to do? I want to, like, throw him. Um, going back to my... Uh, the exhibition fights I had with Astrid and where she always beat me. Okay. Um, but I think... Even though I'm not, I'm not at her level. I can still try to to um, judo flip this guy. Uh, maybe right into the other one. Okay, perfect. Um, all right. So then, Sigrun, your foot crashes into um, Sorrel's hand, and um, you knock the hand backwards strongly um, and Sorrel, you sense, um, you know, this, uh, th this orderly or whatever, you know, basically kind of, uh, you know, crack into your body and your, your hand begins to, to, to kind of break. And in fact, you lose um, your hold over that shard and it begins falling away from you um and sigrun you've managed to kick it off but it is still captured um and although it falls off to the side and is now out of her actual grasp you can see that you know wrapped around her hand several times is the chain itself and so it is physically preventing it from falling off of the body okay um so then sigrun what do you wish to do uh, I will uh, go and unwind the chain from around her hand and uh, take it off of her. Uh, and once I have it free, uh, I will like leave it on the ground and just guard it. Okay. I'll move it a few feet away and, and guard it. 
All right. So you kind Without of grab onto her, her arm. And mm-hmm. even though, and you know, as you do so, you can feel these almost protoplasmic um, cilia begin to flow over your own hand and start to close and form a membrane that kind of wraps, you know, over it. Um, mm-hmm. And it's starting to flow over your hand, even as you're grasping onto the chain. Do you wish to retain a hold of the chain? Or are you going to let this protoplasm kind of flow over your own arm? You. <laughs> what are you going to do? Uh, well, you know what? Uh, Sigrid would, uh, she's almost tempted just to cut the arm off. Okay. Uh, like cut the arm off to, to, to save a life. Um, she'll look, she, she'll, she'll let go. Okay. She'll look at the, she'll look at the others and she'll say, I fear this. I fear this. Goo may take may take over Sorrel. It may be the only way to save her. And I'll, she'll point with the sword at uh, at Sorrel's arm, and she'll say, "What do you think?" Okay. Because she knows that if she cuts off Sorrel's arm without consulting everyone, that you know that might not go well. So the problem with all of this is sort of the moment in which all of this is happening, and you realize that you no longer can see anything because some choking form of smoke has begun to pour into the area and really it's more almost by feel now you have kind of you have your hand you know kind of so you said you let go right and so um you're you're trying to pull away from that kind of goo that's kind of flowing over and you 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 say those words, but you almost feel that within this dense um, humidity and the fog is that the natural acoustics of the cavern is not even as reflective as it is. It's almost like the moisture and the humidity acts as a bit of a dampening field. And it basically, you know, you're not sure whether people are even necessarily responding to you, but you can hear some footsteps bounding quickly over, you know, to the right and to the back of you. Um, and then again, you hear almost like the smoke just filtering into the room and then the very disturbing noise of Sorrel's protoplasmic form beginning to kind of, you know, like an amoeba flow open and, and over. And there's definitely something weird happening inside the, the torso of this creature where you last saw Tycho. Okay. So I, okay. Gonna, yeah, go ahead. Um, yeah, like if if that's it for uh, for Sorrel, and I I can't see very I can't see that well, but I can see something going on where I last saw Tycho. Okay, I would have rushed there instead. I'm going to abandon Sorrel, uh, and um, take my sword and uh, try to cut the creature open where I last saw Tycho or where this is moving. But I would do it very carefully so as not to hit the exact place where I see movement, but to cut near it. Uh, okay, so sorry, I, I I was thinking of something, so I missed some of it. She's gonna cut the esophagus. Oh, you're gonna cut the esophagus, okay. but not exactly where. I understand? We are. Okay, yeah. and are you trying to cut it above or below? Uh, I think below because uh, the, like the natural tendency would be to move things deeper in. Okay, that's perfect. Okay, and in Gray's one deer slices you. 
and it just like you know like the muscle just kind of parts and you can feel all this you know blood and goo and and and, and acid just kind of flow open and almost that part starts to kind of bend and kind of sink forward and you can feel this like rushing of these kind of liquids that are kind of coming out on the side okay uh sorrel um when you were a child what would you say was your most prized possession the thing that you valued the most as a material object something that meant a lot to you and that you always wanted to be with and it would pain you if it were taken away I think I had like a small harp or a lyre it was like what I would go and do to calm down it was like it was it was like almost like a toy of an instrument but I loved it and I would carry it places even though like that was not appropriate to bring it okay so you see this orderly and you know although you've managed to kind of move out of their grasp you can see that it has gone into your kind of toy box and into your shelf and it's basically taken it and you kind of scream out in rebellion and you know that sense of injustice as it looks back towards you it takes the harp and then starts to leave the room what do you do I'm going to chase after him. Okay. Um, so you begin flowing after them. Now, let me ask you what you are doing with your physical form. Um, this other being, this creature, um, he is fast, but seems to be moving almost with a little bit of a limp. Um, and, you know, you can with your form, if you can regain control over it, uh, it sort of depends on what you want to do, right? You're finding things a little bit sluggish and a little bit kind of strange to move right now, but uh, it may be because, you know, you, you, you feel that your body has almost kind of let itself solve its own problem as opposed to allowing you full control. So what do you want to do? You want to let the form continue to guide you and, and just kind of, uh, you know, act along? Or do you want to take more active control over what it does? I am going to let it mostly do what it wants, but I am going to, like, put the emphasis for myself on speed. on just catching him. Okay, wonderful. Okay, so then... Um, Interestingly enough, what happens is that your body seems to take on characteristics of what this uh, Glaurung had and these kind of where instead of you had just the um, your torso mm -hmm. and your tail, kind of there's these almost like multiple legs like centipedes that kind of sprout out to the side and like a human centipede, like you're just uh, you know pulling yourself forward and you slither through the goo, slither through the thing, thing and you can kind of see um the orderly right there in front of you and you know he's looking back and he's got your prize possession in your hand and you flow quickly towards his position okay cassandra yes you've just been struck by Tycho, and it's a horrible you know thing in fact he has you in his grasp and then he does some sort of twist a little bit too quick for you to be able to resist and you you're, yeah, I mean, again, he's got a full hold of you and you've got now, um, you know, hold over 
over the um, uh, this this uh, you know th- this energy, mm-hmm. okay. But then you find yourself catapulted forward, and you smash into the skull area of the the mouth that was open. So he hurled you like right through the esophagus, and your back is smashed into this you know this fang uh, in 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 the skull in the shell of of this creature. And I mean, it hurts a lot, and it's all you can kind of do to hold on to that energy. Again, it's not fully formed in 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 uh, yourself and clearly uh, he's not in his right mind and he's definitely attacking you and he wasn't holding back that hurt and it hurt a lot what are you going to do how far away am I from Tycho he's hurled you maybe a good 10 to 15 feet and so you have an opportunity if you wanted to try and crawl out of this space if I crawl out will I lose my connection with the particles you do sense that the connection with the particles is localized within this beast. So potentially, if you step into the outside... I will lose it? Potentially. You don't know. Now, what do I feel that I can do with these particles? Like, do I feel that this is, like, important to hold on to? Because I was trying to use it to get out. So if I'm out... You feel that you can, inip- uh, you can manipulate it to a certain degree to take on form and shape. However, it's almost like a spider's web. It's very gossamer and it is very light. You could kind of stretch it like Play-Doh or maybe like pasta or like noodles and, and kind of form it into a shape or something. But again, this is something that you're not really experienced with doing. So either you could drop it and just, you know, take the easy way and basically go out and... uh, Can I spread it over Tycho and then pull him out as I go out? I think you could spread it over Tycho and go out. I don't know if you could pull... Well, I want to... That's what I want to try and do. Okay, fine. (laughs) And then, like, you basically, you can see these almost web-like strands of this energy kind of pull out and stick to the sides of, of, you know, the, 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 uh, um, you know, the snake itself and then uh, sort of, you know, uh, envelop Tycho. And once you feel that kind of into place, you actually start to back out of the snake's mouth, but, you know, can't get out fully. Okay. Okay, so then that's cool. Um... Astrid, you see um, Sigrun basically, oh, actually, you don't really see very well at all, in fact, yeah. So you hear movement like this large kind of serpentine bulk running after or sliding, slithering after something which is on the other side of the snake's body. But that's really all you can uh, see um, and, and feel. What do you do? I know that uh, Sorrel is in that direction. If I just keep running, am I able to find her? Yeah. Um, in fact, so, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're able to. Uh huh. Okay. So uh, what I want to do is um, try to make. So I, I, as I was running there, I was wondering if this creature, whatever, not creature weird goo stuff um was perhaps uh making a psychic attack against sorrel so i want to try to make a psychic connection with her in a in a like i want to help you friendly sort of way okay great um mm -mm. 
Okay. Um, you make physical contact with this, um, you know, protoplasmic serpent human centipede kind of creature. And as you do so, Sorrel, you sense something trying to attack and invade your mind. It's a foreign presence and you actually almost see it. It's like you're running after that person and you can see another orderly coming off to the side and you can see that horrible needle kind of, you know, with that, that glowing liquid sort of being, you know, injected and kind of pulled in, into your direction. And you know if it kind of makes contact with you, um, you know, it's going to be, uh, your childhood all over again or whatever that that horrible recollection is and all of a sudden you feel this burst of energy start to penetrate and puncture into your very mind and presence what do you do i'm going to try and bite this uh orderly that's coming at me with the needle and just fill him full of poison <laughs> So what happens, Astrid, is on a psychic plane, um, you sort of make that connection within, uh, um, you know, the mind. And you know also from your own experience and your own practices, sometimes a psychic duel actually manifests itself in terms of a physical description. And it is not surprising to you that you find yourself on a open kind of uh, dojo kind of training mat and with the lights turned down low and in front of you hissing and crouching and spitting poison out of its form is um, the projection of uh, Sorrel right in front of you. And she circles quickly in front of you and you actually kind of match her movements really quickly as you circle around each other, uh, probing and looking for you know an opening, but you find there's almost nothing there. Okay, okay so I'm not... And so I'm not getting so am, am I getting the sense that like this is pointless or it's just not obvious like I'm just going to have to push a bit further if I want to make content like so do something in every sparring match there's always this moment where you gauge each other's skill. And mm -hmm. you, know, you kind of can tell by the way that they step, the way that they move, the way they even react. And you might even do a little bit of a probe just to kind of check it out. And it's almost like when you make those things, you're not getting a good read on whether or not, you know, you can beat them or they can beat you. And you continue for that endless moment in time, which seems to stretch out into infinity. And you are not sure whether or not who is the stronger here? The only way to find out is to test that in battle or to do something completely different. Since I'm not getting the sense that I'm necessarily stronger, I feel a bit relieved that Sorrel's psyche is still strong enough to do whatever she's doing. Okay. And I don't want to distract from that. So I'm going to drop the contact and uh, try to attack this goo. Attack her. Okay. Attack the goo. Okay. All right. And uh, how are you attacking? With your fists or you looking for a weapon or what are you doing? 
Are there like stones nearby? Yeah, you can reach down and grab some. Sure. I want to grab some stones and just kind of like I'm scraping glue off the side of paper or something. I'm just, because I don't necessarily want to stick my hands in it, but I'm just trying to scrape it off of her. Okay. So, Sorrel, um, you, whatever you have done from, from a defensive perspective, you managed to kind of push it out of your mind, but then you actually feel um, this scraping sensation of something trying to cut into your flesh and, uh, you know, pull it away. And you can feel the band-aids and, you know, the, the things that they're trying to hold you down with, the straps, they're trying to wrap it around your body and pull your arms away. All right, so that's what's going on here. That was Astrid. And then, okay. Then, <clears throat> Cassandra, you start to hear laughter, even though you are at the edge and coming out and you have this kind of strand of the pattern energy kind of splayed out before you is you get this chuckling voice that is almost mind to mind, but you know it's also physical as well. Uh, at least I can see now, Cassandra, how does it feel? Whose voice is it? Alain. Oh. And he's like, you think this is the moment that I am waiting for? That you, in all your arrogance, you think you are prepared, but you are not. And I have come into this place to take what is rightfully mine. You shall see all your struggles. They are for nothing. <laughs> is it coming from the particles or where no, is it coming it's from? it's coming from outside of the worm. There is another prevence and it says, Allons-y, mes amis. Attaquez. And then you feel the gathering of some sort of arcane pulse or energy and something is released into the room and you start and the rest of you, um, you know, so all of those like not Sorrel and not um, uh, not Tycho, you hear movement and the growling of lupine wolf like creatures that are actually flowing into the room. Okay. Can I say anything? Can I do anything? Sure. Absolutely. Because <laughs> I'm like, I just hear this and that's it? Yeah. Go, go ahead. <laughs> um, no, no, no. Sorry. You, you oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, yeah sorry. We'll have sorry. to kind of go okay. to the next one. Okay. So then that's fine. All right. Tycho, um, you move forward and all of a sudden you find yourself kind of a grasp within some sort of net or restraining device. These orderlies, once again, are kind of trying to restrain you and wrap around. And basically you find yourself entangled within the presence of some type of web, some type of cord, some type of belt, and it begins to tighten against your form. What do you do? I try to break free. So like pushing out with my arms and trying to like just snap my restraints. Okay. So you push on it and you push on it and you push on it and 
it is too strong. Whatever it is, whatever is holding this in place, it begins to tighten and you can feel the one belt go into the other and go into like one of the buckles and it gets pulled tight against your body. You know, your left arm is kind of down and then the other one is strapped against your leg and it's pulled over this kind of thing. And you're trying to strain against it, but it's too strong. It's too powerful in your small infant adolescent form is just not trained to be able to resist these orderlies. What do you do? Can I use my feet to like start pulling myself away, like walking away using basically pushing off with my feet so I can try to, I try, I'm trying to put some distance between myself and the, and the order. Okay. So the problem is, is that they have a hold of you and they're trying to strap you down onto some sort of, you know, gurney or board or surface. And so your leg and your arm is, is effectively trapped. Okay. Both my legs and my arms. Well, one leg and one arm, let's say both on the right side. Okay. Can I kick with my other leg and punch my other arm? You can. So so what, what, what are you actually looking to strike out against? At, um, I'm trying to strike out at, at the orderlies, trying to like, um, um, I guess, could I push myself off with my, my remaining foot and leg to try to get myself away from them? Um, like, sure, it's, it's going to be awkward and weird and, um, and clumsy. Um, but like, am I, am I being strapped to like a table or something? In the darkness, it's hard to tell, but yes, effectively, okay. that's what's happening. Like, you, okay, so you're kind of physically, you're like inside this space, kind of almost like lying down because the the, the structure of the snake is is actually you know on 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 your body, um, and and so you're kind of prone in a way, and what is restraining you is these belts that are kind of on your right side. So either you have to loosen the belt or you maybe have to shift the position so that you're no longer, maybe you're perpendicular to the surface that you're trying to be tied down against, right? And so they're basically struggling with you, trying to hold you down. And on the right side, they've been successful at doing so, but on the left side, they're still coming at you. And so, you know, you could attack that if you wanted to. Um, it really kind of depends how you want to approach it. Okay. So I think what I'm, I want to try to do is some, something similar to what you said. So kind of um, come up so I'm perpendicular, so I'm on my side. Okay. I'm on my right side um, so that it's harder to, to strap me down. And then with my, with my left that's free, I will try to loosen the um, restraints. Okay. Right side. So you manage by shifting that position and you realize that when you move away from that kind of direction and that orientation, it actually allows some give between the belt or whatever is kind of restraining you and it falls a little bit off to the side and you can pull your arms away from this and basically, you know, kind of enter. So now guys, what I'm going to do at this point, like clearly you guys two of you, right? Sorrel, the twins, you're basically not completely in control of yourselves and you are effectively attacking uh, your cousins. 
except for what you're seeing is obviously, you know, your enemies and the things that you fear. Okay. So I'm going to kind of hand that over to you so that you can effectively, you know, fight them without us <laughs> having to maintain the presence of, of, of these illusions that are kind of going around. Okay. So you can imagine all that stuff is happening in your mind and we'll try to, uh, to organize a little bit, but effectively what's happened in this case, right? So there was that golden web of energy that was restraining you from one direction and because you were able to shift where you're coming out of, it no longer, you know, restrains you because you're not trying to force your way, you know, through it. You actually withdraw against it and you're able to kind of, uh, you know, exit. And so you can see behind you now crawling into this space, there is an opening in the light and you can see another orderly and this orderly is Sigrun kind of coming through. Okay. So, um, I clearly, I guess I'm going to be attacking, um, was I able to, so when I loosen myself, do I have more control over where I am or am I just, is it still, I'm behind this golden So you've um, managed field. to release yourself entirely from that restraint and you kind of, you know, are pulling away at the buckles and things like that. And you have full control over your environment and your body. In fact, you don't even see the other orderly who is Cassandra, she has gone somewhere else and you're not quite sure where they are. Uh, you can see this kind of shadow move into this other space that you're in. And so you're kind of free to do what you want at this point. Now you realize oh. like outside of the illusion of what's happening here, you're still inside the esophagus of this creature, but then right. Sigrun has sliced that open. So there is an opening there. So if, if, I think what I would be trying to do is in my um, in the delusion, I would be trying to grab um, Sorrel and escaping with her because um, clearly two of them, two two of these orderlies were were pretty strong, and I like it's more important to get um, Sorrel and I away rather than trying to fight them. Okay. So um, I might I think I would be trying to do that. Okay, so as you kind of emerge into the area, you actually step out and move outside of the snake's body, and you don't see your sister. The whole area is enshrouded in kind of darkness, but you do see an orderly that is Sigrun kind of stepping aggressively towards you. Okay, from that, I'm going to go on Sigrun. You see uh, Tycho emerge from the snake skin. Um, looking a little bit kind of wild and crazy, definitely covered in goo and all this other stuff. What do you do? Well, he's coming out, right? So That's he's uh, he's okay. Um, has the uh, movement inside the serpent otherwise come to a come to an end? You think so? You think so? Okay. And uh, looking around, do I see anyone else? Well, now you heard that laughter and you also heard those wolves kind of step out and you don't know who Alain is, but it's basically there's a voice there that is taunting using kind of a French kind of accent, if you will, and seem to have, you know, directly addressed Cassandra. And do I see Cassandra? No, because the whole area is covered in smoke and fog. So you don't even know um, if you I had a way the... of piercing the smoke and the fog and the mist, then you would be able to see. I mean, you can hear stuff going on and you're skilled enough as a, as a warrior to be able to interpret some of that, but you can't see it. Yeah, um, I think I'm going to. Um, I'm going to 
I, I'm going to to use a power word, um, thurisaz, uh, a sorceress disrupt. Okay. Um, to uh, disrupt the, the sorceress or magical energies that are in my immediate vicinity to see if I can see things a little bit better. Particularly, uh, I'm most concerned about the uh, the, the wolves and uh, and that voice and anything that it might be doing. So like the fog, I'm associating the fog as being a part of all that. Okay, that, uh, that, that's good. Okay, so what you do is you kind of, you know, lance out in that direction and then out comes, you know, your power word and your power word strikes against something and you feel that whatever presence is there, the source of that arcane energy, it is stronger than what you are able to generate with your power word. And your power word almost deflects harmlessly off of this. And you hear Alain's laughter just echo throughout the room. <laughs> then I'll, I'd like to exclaim out, "There's uh, th this uh, sorcery does not fool me. We will see, warrior. <laughs> And she's okay. just hoping that everyone else heard that. Okay. Yeah. And it, that definitely did kind of come in. Now, um, Sorrel, um, you have now, um, yeah, basically you can see Sigrun in front of you, that kind of orderly, and she's yelling out in some weird alien language. And you feel that she's trying to summon, you know, some of her, uh, you know, her, her uh, companions or whatever. And you feel almost like these alarms start to go off inside the space and these red flashing lights, this ruby color begins kind of flashing around and lighting the entire area. Um, you know, she stands kind of before you, uh, you know, grasping your basic your harp and holding that against her chest uh, keeping it uh, deliberately away from you what do you do I'm going to try and get bigger for one and I'm going to try and smack her with my okay <laughs> um okay like I'm trying to get too big to be strapped down because right. I think that's still something affecting me Okay, now Sigrun, as you kind of lose your immediate focus, um, you know, to kind of focus on the sorcery and focus on this kind of situation, you kind of, uh, not quite forgot, but you then remember uh, and you see Sorrel and her form now horribly distorted and distended kind of flows over you and basically yeah. crashes. And, you know, that further disrupts the thing that you're doing and this kind of poison begins coursing into you and um it's all you can do to try and kind of fend this off gross all right cassandra okay so what do i see when i come out you come out you see the whole area uh covered in smoke you can see these kind of dark shapes and forms start to move and you can hear them like these wolf-like shapes padding lightly and starting to circle around. You heard, but are now no longer hearing Alain's voice. It's somewhere basically, you know, 
in the immediate area, maybe within like 50 feet or something like that away from you. Um, but you would have to kind of turn around and basically face that. So, um, you know, behind you is the snake. Uh, Tycho is not coming out that you, that you can feel, but you feel that, you know, around you somewhere out there is Alain and somewhere is out there are these wolves or whatever. Can creatures I sense actually where Tycho is? You can, but he is no longer within contained within that web of pattern that you summoned. Okay. He's actually backed out and come out the other area, and you can feel that you think Sigrun is on the other side. Okay, I want to search for his mind with mine. Oh. Can I do that using my psyche? Um, so psyche is always maintained by a physical touch unless you have another mechanism to connect. I can use my power word that with the psychic connection. All right. So you do that. Um, okay. Don't I get to say what I do with it? Sure, please. Okay. So I want to do a psychic connection and I want to change what he's seeing so that he becomes what's really happening instead of whatever's in his mind. Cause I figure out that he's attacking me because something has happened to his mind. And since Alain is there, I know that he's got high psyche. So I know that Alain is probably playing with people's minds. Okay. So, Tycho, another flash of light. Tycho, do you have any type of defenses against psychic intrusion or magical connection? Not that I can think of. Okay. This flash of light, again, within the tunnel of your perception, grows brighter and brighter and brighter and flashes in. And all of a sudden, uh, Cassandra, you can feel the magical there is sorcery present mm -hmm. that is connected to a tendril of something you don't understand and coming out of that is a psychic control which is basically connected into Tycho's psyche can i break it how i'm going to use my mind to pretend that there's a sword and cut it okay so you <laughs> slice into it but it is armored and in fact it almost reacts like a snake wrapping around and goes and you can feel it all of a sudden tighten and um try and reinforce the kind of uh, the cord as you cut it can now, i try and follow the cord back and use that as a psychic attack okay so you actually kind of swing that back around now you have a sword in your hand that is the manifestation of your psyche right mm -hmm. now what do you want to do specifically and you don't have to keep the sword if you don't want to. Well, I'm going to use the sword to attack Alain. I'm going to like attack him at the other end. Okay, so then you basically you know move psychically through that that, that space, the rapier kind of held yeah. out in front of you, and then you can feel like this barrier. Um, what happens is that um, this tendril seems to be almost you know stretching out into space, but then multiplying around it is like a, like a it's like a like a, a vein okay. or a cavity. And it basically shrinks in and closes off to try and basically slow your progress through. So you do manage to kind of plunge in, but you're not able to kind I of- I go faster. Okay, I understand, okay? And you, it kind of stretches out, but the point is, is right now you have 
think you've disrupted whatever is going on with psycho. Uh, I with, changed with the sword into a bulldozer. And, okay, so you're <laughs> shifting gears and stuff like that, and you are starting to make a little bit of a progress, and then you know it kind of pushes away. Okay, so then that's cool. And he's like, "Oh, I see. You're going to play that game, huh? It's what you're good at, or think you're good at." Okay, Tycho, it's your go. Um, all of a sudden, you feel freed from whatever what it was, and then like you kind of come out of it for a second, and you realize that something that whatever that flash of light was, um, Cassandra has kind of freed you from that, and all of a sudden you have your normal faculties. And you kind of see Sigrun in front of you. You see your sister's horribly shifted uh, form also kind of uh, moving kind of towards you, or at least you think you can see that because you still do have your kind of cat eyes. You, uh, out of everyone, are able to kind of see this kind of stuff. So what do you do? I, um, so is, is Sorrel still attacking people or she just she just basically had her form flow right over Sigrun and you know you can see Sigrun just kind of you know flailing about from between this kind of uh, you know this acidic protoplasm okay can I um intercept and um like pull basically I'm trying to pull um her free but not in actually I don't know that sounds like that would hurt <laughs> so maybe I I um fortify my battle form okay and um and go to to Sorrel and um and like I kind of grasp her but I'm trying to like be reassuring and say I'm here uh it's Tycho uh Sorrel are you in there come back to us Okay, so can, that... can I guess can I start to try to use my? Um, in this case, it seems more like I should be trying to use, like, trying to connect to her psychically. Even though, yeah, my psychic is probably the worst of of the lot here, but it does feel like that's what I should be trying to do. It's up to you, man. What do you do? Yeah, I think while I'm touching her, I'm going to be trying to also because I need to be touching. So I'm basically embracing her and trying to reach her psychically. Okay. How do you wish to appear on the psychic plane? What manifestation does it take? Me? Yes. I'd like to be um, who I was in my vision. Um, a a 10-year-old boy. Um, I, I think like we were saying it was around when they were 10 that this event in their life happened, right? Yep, or, yep. Yeah, so I think that's what I want to appear at. Okay. In, like, disheveled clothing, uh, I've clearly been in a scrap of some sort. Yeah, that's what. Okay, great. Um, so, back at the top, Sigrun, you find yourself being injured and burning under the acidic uh, nature of uh, Sorrel's kind of protoplasmic form, and it is something which seems to be difficult to extricate yourself. Um, you know, if you made a significant effort to try and move away from it or cut into it or something like that, you probably could. But she's definitely flowing over you, and just like the 
indistinct nature of her form is making it kind of difficult even to assess what to do. But you have Grey's One Deer if you want. Um, you see uh, Tycho actually move towards and, and touch the surface of, uh, of uh, Sorrel as well. And you presume he's ma- trying to make some sort of psychic contact. What do you do? Uh, I will um, remove myself from Sorrel in whatever way is necessary to be free. So I will use Grace Wondier if I must, but I will use that as my last resort. Okay, so let's describe your first um, reactions. Okay, so you're basically, uh, like, are you using your hands to try and pull yourself away? Or like, how exactly are you trying to remove the goo from your 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 person without drawing your weapon that's what i want to understand uh i'm trying to understand how it's coming all over me to be honest because it's good <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not sure if this is just uh like uh that sorrel's body is like crawling on me in, w- in which case i would just like push her away and and move myself in the opposite direction or if i need to like just kind of like take my arm and like slide the goo down and off like like as if I'm trying to extract it from myself and 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 fling it back at her and take several steps back. Okay. Or, or or if this is something that I need to draw my sword and like just cut off whatever portion is in contact with me so that I can be free of it. Yeah. Really so sure. you're able to kind of step away, and although it's kind of sticky and kind of uh, you know stretchy and things like that, you are able to extricate yourself away from it, and you've managed to kind of free yourself kind of physically from its its. Uh, protoplasmic embrace so you've kind of stepped off to the side um you do see now you can hear circling around the room um these kind of padded footsteps that are kind of growling and uh in cassandra's direction um you don't actually hear a lot of movement or anything you're not sure where astrid is but that's basically where you stand um i don't hear i sorry because I'm aware of Cassandra. You're not aware of any movement from Cassandra's direction. But you think that she's standing a couple meters to the right. I will move in Cassandra's uh, direction and I'll call out to her. uh, Say, Cassandra, are you there? Something strange uh, and foreboding is happening to Sorrel. I hope Tycho can help her. Can I respond? Or do I have to wait for my turn? You have to wait for your turn. Okay, Okay, Sorrel, once again, um, the orderly has kind of, um, you know, uh, is basically trying to kind of get away. And um, you um, basically see, um, but they've dropped on the ground They've dropped um, the harp and it's it's almost like they haven't, uh, um, you know, kind of brought it along with them. And so it's definitely there and you could, you know, uh, retrieve it very easily. 
What do you do? I am going to snatch it up. Okay. You grab it into your hand and, you know, it gives you that sense of comfort and strength and security that you, you know, once again have it. And as you kind of play, you know, just experimentally kind of touch the strings, you know, all those correct, beautiful notes, they kind of sing out and they just give you that sense of determination. Um, and then, uh, you know, like you're feeling a lot better. What do you do? I'm going to try and get away from this place and that then, I found myself in. I'm going to find a whole way, a door, something. And then you hear this voice saying, over here. Come over here. Sorrow. I'll follow the voice. Okay. And uh, you begin to burrow into the ground and start to, um, you know, actually your your legs begin to kind of shift and disappear. Uh, and you, again, hear the harp um, just kind of playing as you kind of start coursing, you know, deeper beneath the ground. Okay. Um, so, yeah, you're moving forward and you're moving over into another direction. Cassandra. Okay. So you are making not a lot of progress okay so where you turn into this bulldozer it pushes against like a, this mountain of of dirt okay that did is, i hear what sigrun said or am i too concentrated if you you hear something and you recognize her voice but you know that if you try to focus to understand it is going to you will lose any momentum that you have. So okay, it's your I choice. Can I talk to her though, without losing the momentum? It's going to be really hard. Because I don't really want. I'm. I'm. I'm changing tactics. An, I? So I. What I want to do is tell Sigrun to come here and help me in my attack against Alain. So I want her to join me psychically so that I can attack him using uh, a little more strength. Okay. And then I want to actually, while I'm waiting for her to do that, I want to change my tactic. Knowing that Flora or Floramel is his mm. mother, mm. I want to show an image of her crying because she thinks he's dead. Okay. All right. So um, as you basically focus and concentrate on who you think is Sigrun. Yeah. Okay. You can feel that the bulldozer all of a sudden, like it hits like a, a you know, yeah. like a, a tough area. Right. And then you can see all the earth that you were pushing before and you were moving forward. It starts to flow over the edges and it's actually too much. And it's like, you're going to have to back up. And then the earth begins piling and piling and piling, but you make that connection yeah. with Sigrun. Right. So you have that connection okay. with her. You can speak. If okay. Sigrun, can you hear me? You can. Yes, I, need, I can hear you. I need, I need your help. We're being attacked by our cousin Alain. I need you to link with me psychically and help me fight him. That's the only way we can save Sorrel. That disgusting slime? Of course. <laughs> I am with you, Cassandra. <laughs> right. Okay, Astrid, all this weirdness is unfolding in front of you. You can see Tycho kind of step up, shake his head. But the weirdest bit is 
uh, Sorrel has transformed again into this like large uh, serpentine uh, centipede-like creature and is basically burrowing beneath the surface and just the edge of her you know form is starting to kind of flail about and just flicker before it enters the earth itself her entirety of her form is actually burrowing at an incredibly rapid rate through the substrata um, but you could you know move and try to hold it or uh, you know pull it back or whatever but she's about to dis disappear underneath the earth what do you do very confused uh i will run up and uh grab the back end of sorrel and just pull like dig my heels in and pull back Okay. I'm sensing that we do not want Sorrel to disappear. Okay. So you grab her and all of a sudden, Sorrel, something is attached onto you and it's actually pulling you in the opposite direction. And you can hear the voice, just come closer, come closer. It's going to be safe over here. But then something, the orderly or a strap or whatever has grabbed onto you and you're screaming, trying to resist, but it is so strong and it's pulling you in that opposite direction. And all the forward momentum that you had digging further away into safety is gone. And you're being pulled towards this place where, you know, you used to kind of hide from these things, but they're coming after you and they're coming after you fast. What do you do? I'm going to thrash and try and es escape whatever's dragging. It, it is too strong. The vice is too tight. It's too powerful. And, you know, just thrashing about is not effective in any way. It's almost like they've got a vice clamped onto your form and it's squeezing harder, stretching and pulling you backwards and out of the hole. I'm going to try and make my tail where they're grabbing me spiky Ooh. okay you do so and okay so that's sorrel that's and you hear a okay now uh so i just wanted to double check this cassandra and sigrun you are in fully in the psychic plane yes. am i correct? correct okay um and then well i am i, I guess sigrun so. are you or are you uh, how, I, how i'm i'm doing whatever is necessary to assist cassandra so okay. if I need to go fully into the psychic plane to do that, then I will. So as you start to kind of meld and join with her, your warrior's reflex kind of kick into action and you realize that these wolf beasts, at least three of them, are rushing in your direction. And if you take no action to defend yourself, you are going to be basically struck by these creatures and who knows what kind of damage they're going to do. And I perceive them as being real, not illusory. You, well, you don't know. Damn it. What do you do? Uh, I go with Cassandra because I think that the wolves are part of Elaine's uh, gamble and she needs my strength. Okay. Diamond sharp fangs and claws tear into your body, ripping through, you know, your clothing. Do you, you have armor, right? Yeah. 
Okay, but it's not magical or, or you know, made of any any special thing, right? Okay, so... It, chain. It, it, chain. Chain. It is armor. chain, yeah. And again, it like tears through the armor itself almost like it's just cloth. And one, two, three, and some uh, jaws kind of clamp onto yours and begin biting into you, into your in, into your flesh. And I mean, it, and it starts shaking you in that direction. Now, there are like three of these creatures, one on your leg, one on your side, and one on your arm and um, it is going to be very hard to maintain that psychic connection but are you keeping it i will keep it uh, i i recognize that uh, for these wolves to attack me so successfully uh, they are not um normal uh wolves that's very true okay all right i miss Tycho. Tycho, go ahead uh so where am I now? Because I was holding on to to Sorrow, but she apparently got away and is now spiking people. Well, um, so she's 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 kind of going below, but you know you have a hold over her body, and you're basically trying to make that psychic contact, right? So again, um, remind me again how you were appearing on the psychic plane. I'm forgetting this. Um, a ten year old boy. Oh, 10-year-old boy. Oh, right, 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 right. Okay. Uh, so, Sorrel, you see your, well, a 10-year-old boy, um, kind of a stranger in this place, um, but you think you recognize your brother, you're, but you're not really sure why he's kind of here, right? Especially when you've got your harp and you're running over in the other direction and whatever this thing is kind of, you know, and it's like, it's just looking at you from the other side and it's kind of saying, it's okay, it's okay. But then you have this orderly kind of pulling at you and trying to pull you out as you sharpen your tail to strike. What do you do? I'm going to stop and I'm going to go to Tycho because I don't want him to be in this place and I need to protect him. Hmm. Okay. So And I hold out my hand. Okay. All right. So let's say the two of you make contact and it's kind of this weird melding, but again, this sort of, you know, psychically and the two of you, you know, hold hands and kind of connect and in this kind of place of terror, fear and darkness, you at, at the very least are each other's um, companionship. Now, Tycho, you see shining in her hand is a bright light that pulses with a scarlet ruby glow. And she's holding it tight to her chest. And you've seen that look before when she used to take her harp and kind of strum it. And, uh, you know, you can kind of see it right there. The, the ruby... Can you say that again? Sorry, it was a little... It, it, was a little it's, it, so she's grasping some sort of, like, glass or crystal shard in her hand. Okay. Um, this is within the, the psychic... This within the psychic plane, right? Because you've shifted your focus and your yeah. attention to try and do this, right? Can I take the glass from her? Yes. Sorrel, your brother or what you think is your brother, he's trying to take the harp from you. He's pulling at it, this creature, this... And, you know, you look at it and... 
again, it looks on the surface like your brother, but your brother would never take your harp away from you without asking. What do you do? I pull my harp away so he can't reach and I step back. Okay. Um, Tycho, you have lost that immediate connection to her and in the psychic plane she steps away and in order to reconnect you have to commit more fully in order to join and to basically bypass she seems to be shrinking away from you on the defensive no longer recognizing you as yourself okay um Okay, I will fully commit myself. Do I have to explain that, or is that just uh, is that just um, a narrative thing that I say I am now committing myself? Sure, and we will get to that on 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 your next turn. Okay, so Sigrun, okay, um, you have given Cassandra your strength. These creatures are gnawing into your body and are starting to do terrible damage, but. You can continue to do so, but you will take damage as a result. Or, I, I, sorry, go go ahead. I, go I was going to say you could extricate yourself. You could drop the contact and defend yourself. No, I'm going to stay with Cassandra. Okay. I'll just say, uh, Cassandra, uh, hurry! They they this these illusions are tearing into my body, calling my attention. But I'm with you. Okay, and as you kind of pulse that energy and send it in her direction, you feel the fangs tear openly into your rib cage and start to in that area that was weakened. They kind of, you know, um, you know, the tongue kind of grasps in and begins to crunch over, and your left arm kind of snaps at the wrist and it starts, you know, digging into your flesh itself. And the same thing around your leg. They are actually starting to devour you alive. You are now bleeding profusely from horrible, horrible wounds that are raking into you. This is actually dangerous now. Okay. Yeah. Sounds it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. She is nothing but if nothing, if not courageous. <laughs> so Sorrel, um, you know that whatever this thing before you, it's a trick. It is trying to get at your harp and yet this other thing, whatever the orderly is still holding you, you now have your tail and it's formed into this barb striking pincer and pulsing within poison, you know, on the edges and you can kind of strike with it. What do you want to do? I am going to lash out and try and turn and run away again. Okay. Astrid, her serpentine form creates this barbed weapon that is glistening with poison and some sort of oily black brackish liquid and it whips out and strikes against you if you want to hold on to uh sorrel you can but you will be struck by you know this weapon so you're going to have to do something to defend to block to ensure that you know this weapon does not strike you what do you do so I'll uh, I'll drop my hold, but at the same time I will kick with my leg at the tail. Okay. And d- 
depending on how like big sorrel is, I, I want to see if I can like use my weight and the weight of my foot to try to like pin her down. Okay. Okay. I like that. All right. So you do manage to kind of sidestep a little bit, but not before the, the, the pincer and, and the tail kind of graze into your leg and it injects that poison, which kind of, you know, uh, starts, you know, you start to feel your, your legs start to kind of tremble and almost lose muscular control. But your other leg does manage to kind of, you know, press into it and you have that part of her body kind of pinned against the ground and you continue to exert your strength. But you your endurance is starting to flag because of the poison that is coursing through your system. Um, and then you hear three other wolves circling in your direction about to strike. Cassandra. Yes. So I want to do that image. So I'm, instead of, so my bulldozer is going to go away. Okay. And I want to flood his brain with an image of Floramel crying over his death okay and it's kind of like i'm trying to distract him so that he will stop with whatever he's doing with sorrel okay that seems to have done it and in fact you feel him completely retract away and whatever connection that he had to um tycho is severed and it is gone okay. and in fact what happens now is you kind of reach out and you are pushing that image over in his direction and then you feel something whip-like or snake-like some dark tendril of shadow slice through the air and it disrupts the psychic connection between you and he and then you hear him begin to curse and move backwards damn you cassandra what do you want to do? Always pick your battles with people who are weaker than you. Okay, so we did Astrid. Uh, and let's do him. All right. Um, now, Sorrel, you are now feeling that you have to get away. You have to escape from this this place of terror, this horror thing, the voice comforting, motherly, um, you know, matronly is calling out to you, come here, come child, bring your harp. We need it. Bring it to me. And I am. Go ahead. I am going to like head towards the voice. Okay. So the problem is, is that you are stretched now. Right. So in front of you on the psychic plane, there is your brother or whatever this weird construct is kind of coming towards you with the weird eyes. Um, you are still pinned, even though you've struck whatever is kind of holding you back, that weird alien orderly. Um, you know, you basically have that. Um, you are you do not seem to be able to wiggle out of this, um, you know, at least in the way you are currently controlling your body because your body still has physical form it still has you know strength it still has structure but maybe if you did something different with your body that might change the playing field allow you to get away what do you do i think you feel your tail begin to stretch 
and to pull apart almost as if it is, you know, at the edge of retaining its structural integrity. But in order to maintain the stinger, you have to kind of keep it whole. Could I, instead of like drop off the bottom of my tail at like, like one of those lizards that <laughs> occasionally snap off? And you do that. And that's what happens. And basically you slice off or allow your kind of bottom half to kind of detach itself. And then you basically kind of disappear deep, deeper into um, the into the ground and you're pulling Tycho along with you. Okay, Tycho. You said you wanted to commit to uh, a more aggressive or a more. Uh, committed psychic presence what do you do you feel your own body by the way bruised and battered being pulled along the inside of a tunnel that is being created by your sister's serpentine form um i think what i'm trying to do is to um so on the psychic plane what what does she appear to be I don't know. Um, Sorrel, how do you appear on the psychic plane? I think at least part of me is stuck in this uh, 10-year-old girl form, but I have in fact changed it. I, I have turned serpentine, and I probably have like lost the end of my tail, so he can probably see most of what I would look okay, like so if sort of really your happy. psychic form sort of takes on elements of what you 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 are physically right yeah so yeah. uh Tycho you kind of see although it's smaller kind of like girl size it very much is shaped like uh Sorrel's kind of avatar in, in combat form right so an armored serpent uh with uh you know a detached tail that type of thing okay so I'm going to say something like, um, Sorrel, your your mind is being controlled. Um, and and I, I don't know if, if Taiko even knows who's controlling it right now, but he's going to like, you know, say, try to s- snap out of it. And, and also he's going to be, because he can feel like all the bruises that he's taking from this mm-hmm. in, in physically. Mm-hmm. He, you can you can kind of see it on his face, but he's trying to like um, ignore it and kind of work through it as if like this is something that's way more important. Okay. And yeah. And I mean, you're strong enough to not even really care that you're be- being pulled on. And really your focus yeah. is just on kind of maintaining that strength. And then so Sorrel, you can see the weird alien structure, kind of these these worms kind of, you know, come out from the eyes of this kind of creature that that that's kind of before you. And it's looking to try and meld with your your sense. And you can see the tongue sort of flicker out trying to taste you. What do you do? I'm going to try and like smack the tongue away with just my whatever I have left of hands. Okay. And then so so Tycho uh, tries you might to kind of penetrate and whatever. Um, she just slaps your psychic form away and you feel that blow kind of strike into your psyche and your spirit and you're not able to kind of go. And she continues to go, uh, go through. Anything else that you want to do? You're just not um, strong enough psychically. 
You will never okay. win against her. Okay. So can I um, physically, I'm, can I hold her so that she cannot keep moving? That you can most definitely do. Okay. And okay. again, Sorrel, something is holding you and this one tighter to your midsection now, mm-hmm. and you're basically prevented. And it's like all of these things are just coming after you, you know, one orderly after another, ganging up, bouncing on you, trying to pile on and basically preventing you from seeking safety. Okay. Beginning of the turn again, we go to the top and Sigrun. Yeah, so are those wolves gone or what's happening? The wolves are on you now, but you um, are, f- okay, so. Um, I would have break, broken psychic Yeah, okay, so if you, yeah, so you would have sliced the, the, yeah. the psychic contact and it's off. And uh, basically, yeah, like the wolves are kind of biting into you right now. But, um, you know, you are freed from the, uh, the, the requirement to continue the psychic uh, contact. So you can now defend yourself normally. Okay, excellent. Um, I would like to do a power word. Okay. Uh, Algi's uh, physical shield to mechanically deflect attacks. Okay. And if I may, I would also like to use uh, Grace Wandier to to just slash out broadly against all the like anything that's uh, near me or on me. Okay, so the one against your leg, it basically flares and your shield kind of goes over it. And in fact, it forces it away from your body. And then the other two, with your other hand, you just kind of slice around. One, two, slash, Gravesundier goes through them both. And they basically just kind of collapse onto the ground. One wolf kind of does remain behind sort of that immediate kind of power of your shield. Cool. Okay. Sorrel, this thing is grabbing onto you. It's pulling tighter and tighter. It is trying to prevent you from seeking the safety, the security that you need. What do you do? This time I'm going to try and get smaller and like more, uh, more serpentine to try and wiggle out of the tight grip. Okay. Um, Tycho, you feel her form begin to kind of shift again and it basically lengthens and thins out and like any creature that basically is is you know slippery and, and lengthy and stuff like that you know it's it's a different kind of strength um but you still have the ability to potentially hold on to her if if, if you want yeah i'm going to hold on to her um i guess can i change my hands to be more like um uh, like tentacles so that they could wrap around her. But like, you know what? Like a, like a octopus or a squid where they have the little suckers. So, so that I can wrap around her um, and also kind of hold her in place. So I'm not, I'm not going to say that you can't, um, okay. but you do know from experience that shifting forms into forms that you're not familiar with takes time and concentration and so you okay. absolutely can do that but it's at the potential loss of you know your physical your current physical strength which is attached strongly to her do you wish to proceed? okay um so in that case I'll, I'll, I'll basically just try to hold on to her uh, as as best I can. 
Okay, Sarl, any other reaction? He seems to have an iron tip grip onto you. So even though you're shifting your shape and it's lengthening and kind of, you know, stretching out, he's still holding onto that central part of you and you are unable to get away. I'm going to try and bite him. <laughs> okay. All right. So then that's Sarl. Cassandra. Okay. <laughs> Mm-hmm. All right, so I've lost my psychic connection with that eye, right? Yes. And there's one wolf in front of... Uh, in one front of wolf Sigrun. in front of Sigrun, but you think that Sigrun can probably handle it herself. Okay. In fact, what you're worried about now... Is Sorrel? Is not... Well, you're not really sure what's going on with Sorrel, but you can also f- f- hear some other struggles happening. Maybe Astrid. Okay, so what can I see? It's all darkness in front of you. Okay. I'm going to uh, use a power word again to psychically link with Tycho, and I'm going to try and join him in whatever he's doing with Sorrel to try and get her out of of her nightmare. Okay, so um, Tycho, you feel uh, Cassandra's powerful mind basically kind of call out, and you've been connected before, so you do recognize it as what it is, and she basically says... I say... Well, I'm trying... Okay, let me link with you, Tycho, so that we can get Sorrel out of her nightmare. Okay. All right. Astrid, you hear these... Okay, so, yeah, you have lost contact with Sorrel because you're still holding on to her, but her tail basically detached, (laughs) and you're just kind of left there, and then you can hear these (laughs) other wolves kind of circle, and they're starting to move in your direction, and you're kind of holding, you know, the the quivering, thrashing tail that she's basically detached from her own body. What do you do? It's still spiky? Uh, yeah, but, but I mean, it's kind of twitching. It's not really doing anything, but yeah, I could, well, I'm going to, I'm going to pick it up and I'm going to use it kind of like, a like a chain and swing it at the wolves. <laughs> okay. Excellent. <laughs> um, and then wham, you smack one wolf and it goes flying and kind of, you know, yipping and howling in the other direction, smash against the other one. And then, you know, the third one actually kind of penetrates under a little bit and tries for an attack, but you're able to kind of hold it off just using your body to interpose itself. You've managed to basically kind of, you know, move that one to a, a standstill. The other two, you've kind of whipped them off in another direction um, as well. Okay, so then, so Cassandra, you feel coming from inside the fog and this darkness, this almost subtle kind of whistling noise. And it feels or sounds very much like what you felt, that kind of dark snake whip light kind of energy just kind of coming out nowhere. And something cold and powerful just kind of oozes by you. It's almost like multiple tendrils of inky blackness and this kind of wave of cold passes through. Not quite that big, but, uh, you know, a little bit more kind of thin. But it kind of flows past, and it is moving in the direction of, uh, you know, where Sorrel's body uh, is, actually. Can I block it? How? Uh, Can I just want to put... Well, actually, do I still have a connection with those particles? No. No, okay. You would have to regain it. Okay. But can I sense that they're still there? 
they are still there, but very, very okay. faint now. It's almost has no potency. Okay, so I won't even bother. Okay, um, so I see these tentacles coming. So yeah. I kind of want to create psychically with my mind a web that wraps around them and prevents them and redirects them to another, like in another direction. Okay. Away from Swirl. Now, you don't have sorcery or anything no. like that. Okay. So you attempt to use the construct of your mind, and you feel that the tendrils, they basically lance through your, your psychic construct, and just it breaks apart, almost like you can't. It's too slippery, and it just slides on right through. And then you can feel it just move and brush your psychic construct aside. And then you feel it grasp onto something and begin pulling it over in its direction. What does it grasp onto? You're not sure. Okay, so okay. can I follow the tendrils back to where they came from? Is you're it Alain do, again? Uh, you're not sure, but they're coming in a direction where you think Alain probably okay, is. Okay, so I go, I follow the tendrils. Okay, so you're running after it physically? No, I follow them in my mind. Oh, in your mind. Okay, so it, it broke the connection with your mind. Oh, okay. Right, and then you tried to put the mental barrier out in order to yeah. kind of trap it. Right. And they just kind of broke okay. through, okay? So it's past you now it has grabbed onto something and it is starting to pull it away okay so last but not least Tycho you have a grasp on Sorrel you've got a connection to Cassandra's mind what do you want to do can I, I um I guess I'm splitting my my attention between both uh is it is it taxing to do both it's difficult. You're certainly not trained in the psychic arts. That's not your strength. Well, I think I'm I'm focusing more on um, like trying to get through with with um, Cassandra's help. Can I actually um, break through to Sorrel or oh, um... well, it it depends on on what you want to do, right? So you know you have however you've presented yourself on on your psychic plane. You have a connection to Cassandra, which gives you a boost, but it's not really your mind, your energy, right? You're okay. Probably better off just feeding Cassandra your strength. But if you want to, you can try and use Cassandra's connection to you to do something different. Um... But uh, if you do that, you might loosen your grip. Did he see the tendrils? Yes. Yeah. Are you talking to me, sir? No, no, no. I was I was talking to Alpha to see if you saw the tendrils. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think I'm going to um, hold on to her and hope that um, Cassandra um, can and, and just lend my my power to Cassandra okay. so right. that so, she so can. So you're not actively trying to engage on the psychic plane. You're just allowing that connection psychically to happen, and you're focusing on your strength and uh, actually retaining her. That's fine. Okay. Yeah, so I mean, I think I'm I'm worried about letting her go and having her like escape the area okay. and just okay. not That's being cool. able to find her. So, um. If if Cassandra can get through her the psych their her psychic defenses, um, hopefully we can bring her back. Okay, so Sigrin, uh, one single wolf remains. Could be easily dispatched enough, and you can kind of move to do something else if you want. Yeah, I'll dispatch that wolf and uh, taking a look around. Uh, where do I perceive the the greatest need? Like, is the fog gone or like the fog is not gone. Hmm. I probably would have yelled get Alain at some point. Do I see him? Do I hear him? The footsteps that I heard. Um... 
there's so much going on and everything is obscured by this dark fog. You hear some weird eldritch noise that is kind of coming nearby the body of the serpent and it's actually fast retracting almost like a fishing reel being pulled in. You hear the growling of wolves kind of circling around and just weird organic thrashing noises. I'll move towards the organic thrashing noises. And if I see anything that looks like a, an enemy, I will lash out. So you, well, you see Sorrel. And Sorrel's uh, very strange kind of snake-like form is struggling within the grasp of Tycho. And it's kind of wiggling around, but he has a really tight grasp in the middle. That's what you see. Uh, then I will um, I will call out a, uh, a power word. Uh -huh. um, and I will aim it at Sorrel. Mm -hmm. uh, and the word is uh, Thurisaz, uh, Sorceress Disrupt. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. Okay. So, so, so I understand. Okay. So then what happens is that that energy kind of flows over. It actually connects with, there is a Sorceress connection that is making the hook with the Psyche that is being maintained into Sorrel. Okay. okay. And with that, that basically breaks that whole connection, or at least it gives you enough to be able to pulse your energy okay. in, and you can use that further, and basically, <laughs> you sever that connection entirely. Okay. Okay. So then, Sorrel, you find yourself very confused, and in fact, I mean, you're peering out of very strange, like, you know, you almost don't recognize it. It's so different. Your body has been so drastically changed and transformed that it's almost not recognizable how you're perceiving the world, right? You see these shades of like infrared. And so you're kind of seeing like a snake does, but it's not actually through your eyes. It's through your tongue because you're tasting the heat and the cold in the air, but you recognize your cousins around you. You can feel Tycho's, um, you know, hands holding you tight and you realize that you were under some sort of sorceress or psychic compulsion. What do you do? I am going to like calm down dramatically, I'm sure, and stop trying to escape Tycho. And I'm going to try and return myself to a more normal form for me. Okay. So, Slightly more humanoid, yeah, I guess. You, you spend that energy really kind of reeling it in. And rather than letting your body relax into this almost defensive capacity, you actually resume active control over it. And you start to feel your body begin to shift very slowly back into uh, a normal shape. Now, what is the part of your body that you want to retain control or to gain control of first? I think probably my my hands. Okay. All right. So then you focus on your hands and they begin forming into now do you want humanoid hands or are you doing your lizard hands? Probably my lizard hands because I don't feel feel very safe at the moment. Okay. And in fact, they snap very quickly. So the old instincts of your body to snap into the combat form, it shifts very quickly and both your hands, you know, enter that clawed, sharpened kind of combat uh, uh, shape. 
Cassandra. So you have uh, managed to flare open, leveraging that uh, boost of that psychic connection. Mm -hmm. You have severed entirely the connection that was there between Alain. And basically, uh, you know, you're free to react as you will. However, you hear maybe about three wolves near to where you think Astrid is. And there's a bunch of people in the center. And then fleeing away from your position, you can feel pulsing of power being rapidly drawn in towards what you presume is Alain's position. Oh, can I follow that power? How? With your mind? With my mind. All right. So you race after it. Yes. And uh, you start... uh, Yeah, and again, psyche is a a physical connection unless you use sorcery. Okay. Well, I don't have sorcery. Or or, Or or power words. Well, I'll use the psychic link. Okay. And then I will follow that tendril to where Alain is. Okay, so your mind reaches out, you concentrate, and you release the power word. And again, just like it happened the first time, your power word hits something. And basically the, the presence of it, it like slices it open a couple times, like really rapid filaments. And it just, it breaks the connection. And then it, and you lose that entirely. But did I get an idea of where he is? <sighs> he is forward. Uh, of your and how position, far away? maybe about 40 feet or so. Okay, so I say he's that way. Okay, so yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah no, that, that, that's fair enough. Okay, uh, Astrid, what do you do? Katie, you still there? Yes, yeah, no, I thought you were going to say more. <laughs> <laughs> what do I do? Um, so what can I what can I see because of the fog? Like, could I see Cassandra? Could I, I've got, I've like, these wolves are taken out. I know that. What? There, there's one wolf that remains, but I mean, you, you could take that oh, one thought, out. Okay. Yeah. 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 So I will, uh, and then I, and then, um, well, I guess that's all I can focus on. Yeah. So I'll take out that other wolf again with the tentacle. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you slap it with the tentacle and it howls or, off or the, the side. tail. Yeah, the, the tail. And it just not quite right. slices into uh, it and it dies. Tail. Yeah. And then I just kind of, like, I've been so focused on Sorrel. I kind of want to look around and, and take stock. But would I heard Elaine's voice too? Like, how close, like, was that something you that I would have heard hear way it. back when? Yeah, it was way back when. Like, it was a couple, like, maybe 10 or so seconds before. Like, I mean, it happened yeah. very quickly. So you did hear that. So you have a okay. rough idea where he is. But again, it's all obscured. Okay. So I will keep hanging on to the tail after I take off the wolf, or take out the wolf. And start moving uh in the direction of the voice but but cautiously quickly but with caution okay cassandra you and with the tail (laughs) okay so so you kind of stalk off in that direction but a little bit slowly and you know makes sense because you can't really see cassandra you hear alain's voice and you feel it's like the reverse of energy building it's actually the feels like energy escaping or, or being dropped into a void or a vacuum and it's almost as if it was reeled into a space and he says it has been a pleasure cousins i would not have been able to get this without your help what did he get au revoir 
You're a coward. <laughs> Tycho. And in fact, after he disappears, what the he get? F- fog seems to dissipate. And you are now all in the cavern in various states of physical harm, especially Sigrun, who's bleeding horribly. And Sorrel is not looking the greatest, but she's kind of re-knitting herself back together. Okay, Elaine left with something. What did he have? Was it the jewel? You no longer see a reflection of the ruby light that was in the cavern. Uh, oh, wait a second. The, Sigrun got the jewel. That was the very first thing no, that she did. No, you said that you dropped it on the floor and just left No, it. I never said I dropped it. No, she didn't. Really? Yeah, like right at the beginning, it was the very first thing Sigrun did. Was she, she, she killed the serpent and went to retrieve the jewel. Okay, see, that's... Like, it was, like, wrapped around Sora with yeah, the it, it, it was wrapped I, around. Sorry, I thought I thought at the beginning, like I thought I had I thought that was the jewel when she went to go get it. Sigrun uh-huh. didn't know that it was tied to a gold chain. Yeah, because because that's what happened. You released it. Yeah, no, no, because, the yeah, chain, yeah, yeah. It, it was on the chain. The chain was connected to to Sorrel. Sorrel held onto it, and okay. the whole thing about the harp that was like a psychic compulsion to basically say keep the jewel. So then, when that was kind of released, and then all that stuff kind of happened, that's what it is. Like I can no, go, no, it, it makes sense now. It just uh, I th- I thought it played out differently. differently? But, okay, fair enough. Um, yeah. Okay. So what's this jewel? It, it was the one that was in the eye, the serpent's eye. But what does Astrid do? will go over to Sigrun and try to help stop the bleeding and say, Cassandra, how nice of you to rejoin us. You're welcome. So guys, let's take a break <laughs> and, uh, you know, go get some water or coffee or whatever. And then we'll just kind of rejoin maybe, what, 10 minutes? Is that good? Mm-hmm. Sounds good. All right. Awesome. Okay, so uh, let's let's get started again. So uh, you stand within this very odd cavern. The all presence of that fog or humidity or smoke seems to have dissipated away. Presumably, in all of you who have any form of arcane or sorceress training, recognize it as being something that must have come from sorcery or something like that, a summoning. And so that uh, appears to be disappeared. Now, I will say, um, Sigrun, the wounds that you took are severe. Now, with Astrid's help, she's managed to get them where they're not going to be life-threatening to you. You're basically stable, and your Amberite's endurance will restore you eventually. But, you know, you've got some pretty bad lacerations um, on your leg, your arm, and uh, especially your kind of chest or rib area, so your sides. So that's, you know, hurt pretty badly. and can I ask a question here? Absolutely. Um, even if, if Astra takes time to like put some sorcery into it, will that help Sigrun heal faster? Yeah, I, I, I would say, yeah, you can, you can, if you take some time and you're doing magically based healing, 
that will even further. Yeah, because before it's just little blasts of, you know, this kind of uh, power word. But but sorcery is more like you would actually take the time and you could re-knit the, you know, the skin together and stuff like that. So what I'll say is that you're you're able to do it in a more effective way as opposed to just kind of blasts of healing, right? So it's more directed yeah. and, you know... You... As, Astrid's definitely going to try that because she senses that... Uh we're all going to need to be strong for what comes next. All right. So then don't we all need some healing? Probably, but the one who needs it the most is Sigrun. Okay. So, so what is this jewel you guys are talking about? I just got back from Amber. So I I don't know what's going on. I am going to look at you suspiciously and be like, (laughs) (laughs) uh, we couldn't trust you before. But if you've been in Amber, why should we trust you now? You could be working for Eric. Astrid, I don't know if this is time for for recriminations. Uh, whether or not she left us, it seems that she's returned and was trying to help us. So I think we can at least trust her this far. Yes, would you like to Astrid hear my story before you accuse me of stuff? Because you have no idea what I was up to. Just like you I just have see no... Astrid glaring, but she's she's silent. She's not going to say anything else. <laughs> all, all I know is that we would not have defeated Elaine without Cassandra's help. Thank you, Sigrun. I can show you exactly what I was up to if you would like. Yes, I would like that. Now, Sorrel, um, although you're more or less stabilized, you're still having a little problem with your tail because it mm. doesn't, it's kind of dropped off. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to take some time for you to actually regrow it because you actually detached off a portion. But other than that, You seem relatively back to your kind of normal self, but you still feel a little weak and jittery. And, you know, sometimes like your wrist or your arm might kind of twinge a little bit and you get the little cilias kind of popping up and you feel like your arm is like extending into like another set of, you know, claws or something. And so it it, you, it takes concentration for you to get control of it. And you feel that probably for the next day or two, you may continue to get these little aftershocks of, you know, involuntary shape-shifting. Brilliant. Okay. Okay. So I say, I explain what, I ha- what happened to me um, about how I met my mother. I'm going to leave out the maggots just because that really disturbs Cassandra. Um, <laughs> but I think I would probably go into the Norn, the Norn sisters and the threads and how there were different threads and I had to choose a thread and I chose the one to meet with Fiona. And Sigrun, this, this has a lot of resonance to you within the context of, you know, your, your upbringing, right? So that the Norse sagas speaking about, you know, the, the daughter, the mother, the, the, the crone, you know, these, these creatures out of myth that kind of control the fates and destinies. And isn't Fiona like the leader of the, the Norn, Norn queen? Yeah. is the Norn queen. Okay. So I explain all that. I explain how I 
had my conversation with Fiona, but I didn't really get the answers I was looking for um, from her uh, that she sent me to Amber. I had a conversation with Kane. We came with an, to an agreement where I would swear allegiance to Amber and then uh, to help... What was it? It was to help him... Something with a unicorn and to help him do something. So a couple of things. One, most of you don't really recognize the name Cain. Okay. So what I'll assume is that, you know, Cassandra sort of explains it to you. But really what he said is that, you know, what, what he wants from you is that you serve the realm of Amber. And the unicorn. And the unicorn, okay? yes. And in that's being very explicit that serving the king of Amber is not is the, not same, the as same as Amber. serving Amber yes. itself. Yes. Although it certainly can be interpreted as such, yes. it's not the same thing. Yes. Do you share with them Eric's condition, which is you are supposed to Bring back yep, your cousins? I'm getting there. Okay, all right. And then then I say that I met with King Eric. I pretended to swear an oath to the king, but I was really swearing an oath to Amber. And that in order to swear my oath to Eric, I had to say that I would find Corwin and my cousins and bring them to him. But we're going to come up with a plan so that we're not actually really doing that. And that... Um, and because we're serving Amber, well, I am serving Amber and not King Eric, just so you know. And then um, if, if we do, if I do this, then I'll be able to walk the pattern and then we'll be able to do pattern walking prop or shadow walking properly. Okay, so I, I'm going to add some important details. Like, okay. I mean, 99% of this is right, but yeah. very, very key detail, right? So what Eric, King Eric had asked is that you bring your cousin back to facilitate their oaths of? Oh yeah, you have to. You guys have to swear an oath too, but you can swear an oath to Amber instead of Eric. Okay, so so that's your interpretation. Yes. Okay, so 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 that's the important thing. So effectively, what you can take from this, guys, is Cassandra is being promised the ability to walk the the pattern if she either a brings back Corwin, dead or alive. Yeah. Or she brings back you guys so that you can, you know, um, basically swear an, an allegiance to, to King Eric. It's, but Eric is not aware of the existence of Sigrunton. Yeah. I kept her existence from him. He was aware of the rest of you. So I didn't tell him about Sigrun. So Sigrun is our, like, ace in the hole, I guess. <laughs> she's our trump card yeah (laughs) she's our trump card um and then i go and say how floramel tried to read my mind and that how i gave her a story that like i i let her think she had won and i gave her a story that we had all fought and we were all separated so they they think we're not working together Very clever. <laughs> so do you th- still think that I am not with you, Astrid? <laughs> I suppose <laughs> you've done all right by us. I guess that's all I can expect from you. Well, what what is their plan? 
I mean, well, going to, to I, I, I for one don't want to go to back to uh, Amber and swear allegiance to the people who have done done so poorly by us. But you're not swearing I, allegiance to King Eric. You would be swearing allegiance to Amber, which means. And how do you get around that? I mean, how does he not decide that? Hey, that's not good enough. Well. He could make that decision, but that's what he has promised me at this point. Well, I am more concerned at the moment about Elaine and what he may have achieved in making off with that jewel. Well, I can guarantee you that Florimel would be very happy if we bring Elaine back to her. Hmm. I can get behind that. Because Florimel is Elaine's mother. <gasps> Now, and we need that jewel to for Dworkin. I don't know if we ever promised we were giving the jewel to Dworkin, just that we would go and, like, check things out. Well, he was asking for the jewel. It's true. Now, did he want the jewel, or did he just want a centipede? He did not tell us about the centipede. Just going to point that out. Well, he did yes. tell you about Glaurong. The great yeah, it was implied to me that there was going to be some sort of monster down here. I didn't necessarily think it would go that badly, but... I didn't expect the monster to be you, or to um, become you. Or you to become it, if you prefer. I think I might have acted a little bit differently if I had known that myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. It seems that we can't trust these folks. And Elaine is, I must say, I am not impressed with Elaine. So I think you we have wisely. two people we can go talk to. There's Deirdre and there is Fiona. Either one of them may be able to help us to find Elaine. Who do you think uh, Cassandra could get us to Elaine? Probably Fiona, but I think we need that we need to get to Deirdre first so that we can get 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 Fiona's trump card. Well, I get or could I use Shadow to get there? since can, I've been there? Might help us. You you could use Shadow to to, to go there. Yeah, mm -hmm. it would be faster if we go back to Deirdre, but it would I could get us there by Shadow if she won't cooperate. But we we'll, might have to fight some maggots. And sorry, I have to like <laughs> break immersion a moment. And uh, Sigrun's mother, sword mother, what was her name again? Deirdre. That's Deirdre. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. So we can get to Deirdre because I have, I have uh, Deirdre's trump. Yes. Yeah. And in fact, the area where you were is within physical access of Ig. Uh, through the Bifrost Bridge, which she controlled. Whether or not it's active and it will connect directly back, that's another question, but you're also correct that you do have her trump. And what's the okay. other trump we have? I have I have Tycho's trump, but that's not going to help us. Okay. You also have a trump of the Astrid. You have a trump of Corwin's prison, the tower. And, yep. um uh, Sorrel, you have a trump of the hanged man. Oberon, yes, supposedly. 
Well, that would be interesting. Oberon may be able to help. If he's still alive. I've been meaning to try and contact him. I don't... I think we should uh, rest and heal before we attempt to travel to him, but I wouldn't say it's a bad idea. Why Oberon? Because all of this relates to him. He is missing, and that's why Eric is king. That's why all of this happened to us. Seems more of a gamble to see him. I think at some point we should try to contact him, though. I have... Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, you go ahead, Astrid. Oh, I, I... I have vague memories of Grandfather... But is he not just as responsible for keeping us from our birthright as others are? I thought all of this was done by Eric and not Oberon. Hmm. He didn't stand up for us, but perhaps you are right, Cassandra, as much as... Oh, it pains me to admit it. So... (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to also make another statement. Um, you have a trump of the hanged man, okay? And although you believe that it may be depicting Oberon, we're not sure. It is not necessarily the same thing as a no. trump of Oberon. Right. Just as, for example, when you guys had the reading from Gideon. Mm-hmm. Gideon would associate, for example, the two of coins or pentacles with Astrid, whether or not, but yet at the same time, he still asked to be able to get a portrait of Astrid, okay, Mm -hmm. which you would think would be odd because if he already had the two of coins, he could use the two of coins as a trump to contact Astrid, but he still was seeking to get Astrid's because it may be with these tarot ter- ter- cards, tarot yeah. ter- mm-hmm. cards that it's more difficult. Or there's a symbolic meaning yeah. that just happens to be associated with some of your image or right. your essence. So it's what, not really an image of us. I, I, I'm not saying what it is because none of you really understand <laughs> yeah. Trump that well. Right. But again, you know, you're making an assumption that the Trump of the hanged man is a Trump of Oberon. Okay. Perhaps well, returning to to Deidre does make the most sense. I don't think Oberon can help us with our immediate difficulties, which yes. is why I haven't suggested it sooner. Now, I I, I favor be... seeing uh, Deirdre uh, and uh, seeing what she knows of what Alain might do with this jewel. It seems that he wanted it for some time, and perhaps. I don't know if he knew that we were going after it or if it was just expedious that we were there, but he did say that he could not have achieved it on his own. No, he would definitely not have been able to achieve it on his own. He's a coward. So one of the things that all of you kind of notice, and it's almost... You were too busy and in the heat of the moment and driven by adrenaline and just that whole kind of situation. But you do smell something 
pervasive in here. And it actually is kind of reminiscent of sulfur, brimstone, if you will. So there's like a, a charred, acrid, burning kind of sulfurous scent that basically fills quite subtly the area, almost like kind of rotten eggs a little bit, but that wasn't there before. Where is it coming from? Well, it's strongest most, actually, when you kind of do trace it back to where those weird black tendrils appeared. So it's almost in that area where they were, you know, moving or dragging. That's where the most immediate sense of smell is around that. And is there anything there to indicate where, like, like if I follow the scent to where the tendrils came from, is there anything there? There is a point in the ground and you can see scuff marks from, um, you know, clearly human footprints okay. where that all ends. And that's probably, you presume... That's probably where Elaine was. was. Now, the other thing that you notice is that the corpse of Glaurung is beginning to decompose. But the part that does not seem to decompose and seems to be actually kept somewhat whole is the head area. Hmm. Uh, Sigrun uh, took chunks out of that head with her sword. Um, go. She'll uh, look more closely at the eye socket where the where the jewel had been. Okay, and See that too also has residual energy. So, upon further investigation, in in particular, Cassandra, who is is more skilled at detecting some of these energies. You can sense, again, traceries of pattern energy that are suffused into the cells uh, of this uh, creature. So there is a slight remnants of that web that you wove using mm -hmm. that kind of pattern energy. And around the eye socket, not quite gold, but almost kind of scarlet or ruby, you do also sense powerful you think it's pattern energy, but it's different somehow. Can I, like, I think I have a necklace or something, or an amulet. You have an amulet? That's your, the, your, your mother's amulet? No, I don't want to use that, but I should have something else, like, in my possession. I want to try and take the pattern energy and put it into an object so that I can use it in the future. Okay. How do you propose to take the energy and infuse it into this object. Well, I don't know. That's what I'm... Yeah, I, I'm just going to attempt to do it. So it is... It seems well, to I be... Well, I want to try and concentrate the energy and see if I can pull it with my mind and place it into an object. Yeah, so this... And if I have to use my amulet to do it to make it stronger? What does your amulet do? I wasn't aware... Yeah, like you have an amulet, but it's yes. your mother's amulet. Yes, I know, but okay. you, I've used it before. Understand, okay. But, but it was just to strengthen my mind, I think. Yeah. I don't know if it was just defensive or what. 
you're the one who gave it to me. I don't know what it does. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say that you don't know how to merge okay. the two together. Can I move the particles at all or are they kind of stuck? It's kind of, it, it seems to be localized within the head and the skin of this creature. Okay. You can't really remove them. They're actually part of the cells themselves. Okay. So if we took part of the skull, would we be able to keep it? You might be able to. That's something you could experiment with, sure. Okay. So Sigrun, I'm going to point to you where the strongest pattern energy is on the skull and ask you to cut it off okay so you got like a little cheese wedge yeah type of thing yeah okay all right <laughs> so you've got a little chunk of wedge-shaped thing of of dragon head and it, it does seem to be somewhat preserved by the energy of the pattern and is the energy of the pattern staying there it after? is staying okay. there yeah absolutely it's a bit weird but yeah sure well i'm gonna try and figure out how to use it okay cool can can sigrun assist with this and see if she can um determine a, a source or a weave to the pattern that might lead us uh, to, to a source? So the source itself does appear to be connected with the essence, at least around the head of this creature. Okay. So what you're doing is you're literally, and I mean, it's, it's integrated into the cells of it, you know, just as mitochondria is part of your cells, right? Um, so this localized little chunk of flesh continues to hold the essence of the pattern just like Gray's one deer has essence of pattern throughout its kind of structure throughout its atoms if you will right so you know talking about it being a source it itself is the source so it's like this creature or at least this portion of the creature has an essence of amber about it um that's one interpretation. Cassandra sort of changes that thinking to say, maybe it's not of amber, but it's of the pattern. It is definitely of the pattern. So this creature was imbued with pattern energy somehow. Right. And so... Uh, I'm beginning to suspect that it's the, the jewel itself that was defining the pattern and... Sorrel was taken by the jewel as opposed to directing the pattern itself. Who knows what Alain can do with it? Didn't Dworkin say that this jewel would help us walk the pattern rightly? He didn't quite say that per se. He was like, if you can recover the jewel, then I can help you walk. The, the, the pattern he, he's making some sort of indirect linkage between the pattern and the jewel what that specifically is you don't know so it is either something that the jewel itself enables or something that Dworkin is willing to teach in return for the jewel quite possibly yes well I, I thought it was the latter but this conversation is making me think that perhaps it's the former I think that the only way to know Alain's true intent, I suppose we could go after Alain or we could go back to Dvorka and, and, and ask him and see if we can learn what, what may come. Yeah, I'm not especially looking forward to telling Dworkin that we killed the guardian of this <laughs> thing and let it get away. 
Mm. Good point. So who's this Dworkin person? Well, you remember... Oh, I remember. Yeah. Yes. So, so there there was talk about yeah. him, the dwarf. Right. right. Now, you never encountered him because right. you went off on your own, right. right? And that's who they were looking for before right. you actually left. Yes. But you never met him, so right. you don't really know a lot about him. And you certainly don't know that he's a little loopy. Well, why can't we go talk to Dworkin? Isn't he may she- not be happy with our news. But he may also help us to take a next step to set this right. He's the closest. Why don't we start with him? I'm game. Take I just want to be out of this place. Very well. I uh, I think Cassandra would be an excellent person to speak with Dworkin. <laughs> <laughs> You're so right. <laughs> Tycho, anything uh, from your end? Tycho? Oh, sorry. I I was on mute. <laughs> yeah, I think we should speak with Dorkin. I, I completely agree with that. <laughs> okay. So, well, you, you guys know how you got down here. And it basically was straight so down. So how do we get out of here, guys? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I want to know. <laughs> Are there any exits? From this area, oh. no. Other than the basically the 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 uh, the hole. You know, basically that that kind of descended into here. And so, how far up is the hole? Um, maybe about uh, fifteen feet to you know, a ceiling area above the lake. So you have to kind of wade into the lake, you kind of go up and then that whole hole or tunnel it goes i think about it was like 90 some feet above so where's the rope you guys use to get down here (laughs) (laughs) i use sorrel (laughs) i am my own rope unfortunately i'm also down here (laughs) so you guys did not use a rope did you not think of how to get back up there is only one way, Cassandra, and that is forward. Did you not think how to get back to us? Of course. How do you think I got back? <laughs> I think you got back inside the serpent. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I wasn't expecting that type of arrival. <laughs> so what do you do? How do you, how do you go ba- um, back? Uh, Sig- Sigrid would like to go back to, to, to the shaft and have a look up and see if she can imagine there to be a, a ladder, nice, sturdy, clean rungs that they could climb up and just see if uh, she can envision such a thing to be. And again, you've tried something similar, shifting shadow within this place but it does not budge. It does not have shadows malleability. So you are not able to summon this thing into existence. Um, Sorrel's going to try a new shape-shifting trick. You sure you want to shape-shift and... this soon? <laughs> no, but if like you everything can see so my wink, I was like... winking at you. <laughs> he would love it for you to do that. <laughs> All right, Sorrel, you got a new shape-shifting trick. What are you going like, to do? Normally she wouldn't try this, but because she's feeling so vibrating and stuff, she might have more uh, luck with it. She's going to try and do the winged thing like her brother can do. 
Okay. And, uh, and just attempt to fly up to okay. where she can grab the walls of the well. Okay, so, you know, it it is not a form that you are familiar with because your form, no. your natural form doesn't really fly. So you start, you know, extruding these kind of wings. Um, how would you describe them? Is it kind of, you know, lizard dragon like wings or, you know, like like what how, uh, how would you describe them? Yes, that is, in fact, <laughs> bang on like okay. a, like a dragon or like almost the bat wing type. Okay. So, you know, and, and again, your cousins kind of look on as, you know, your, your form begins to shift again and it's almost a little suspicious. Now, Tycho, your form does fly. You can definitely do it if you want. So I'm going to try turning into a serpent and, um, <laughs> okay. um, I, I guess, uh, uh, I'm thinking, um, yeah, this seems to be a day for, for um, you know, um, breaking out, out of your comfort zone. Okay. So I'm <laughs> thinking maybe if I could be something that is long and basically because everyone's talking about having a rope, if I could stretch <laughs> myself <your> in. <laughs> if I could stretch myself. I mean, I guess since I'm more, I, I, I've had more of an insectoid thing, maybe like a, a, a centipede. Okay. Like a really long centipede. Okay. So let's say this. Okay. Um, Sorrel. Yes. The extension of a wings from your existing body, although it does take quite some time for you to extrude them. And in fact, there's almost some experimentation that you have to do because you haven't quite got, you know, the structural framework and how it needs to kind of project from your body. You mm -hmm. take some time to, to play around with that before you actually... <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> But, but before you're able to actually use it to actually fly. But the time that you're doing that, um, you see Tycho starting to do some really weird stuff, right? So Tycho, you, you're, I, I guess there is a certain extent, like your avatar form is quite beetle-like, but to turn it into something elongated and... Um, Centipede-like and narrow, and narrow <laughs> is very, very different. So I would even say that you're having much more difficulty doing this than Sorrel is. But I would say, you know, maybe at the end of, let's say, 30 minutes, you actually manage to get yourself in a state where you're kind of long and stretchy and kind of have like, you know, uh, centipede well, kind I of guess legs. If if thirty, if it takes thirty minutes, how long does it take Sorrel to master flight? Let's say it takes Sorrel like twenty minutes. Okay, so maybe, hmm, because it, it almost seems like I sh I might as well stop at that point because then then I could I could just switch back to my my winged form and then we would just be ferrying the rest up. Okay. All right. So what you're going to do then is you, you basically take turns to fly everybody up. Is that the idea? Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. So, I mean, that's a little bit of a cumbersome kind of process. Um, 
And but eventually you do kind of manage to kind of do that. And you're up at the, you know, basically the well area. And there is a circular stone stairway that leads kind of above into uh, another area. It is an onerous climb, but, you know, you guys are able to kind of, you know, get by okay. And, you know, even at this point, Sigrun, I would say with the additional healing that was granted to you through um, Astrid's, uh, you know, magic, um, you're starting to feel a lot more stable now. There's still some tenderness to all your different wounds, but they've closed up now. And Astrid, I would say you're pretty much walking normally now. Uh, and you're not feeling a lot of twinges. Okay, so you basically get up to so the. Did yeah. my eye get damaged from the acid? It's basically healed now. Okay. It's a little bit itchy, and okay. that's about it. Okay, so you arrive at basically the staging area. Um, there is a door that leads up to uh, other parts of the tower, and you presume that Dworkin is upstairs. Let's go. I will follow you guys because I have never been here. Okay. And then you hear that kind of familiar kind of humming, his like, you know, weird sing-songing just kind of echoing off the chambers and, you know, uh, he's just launching into some sort of song. Like, and like, you know, he's kind of switching it around a little bit. Um, but, yeah. All right. So uh, he's like, oh, oh. Oh, well, do you have it? Well, Cassandra, would you like to explain? Oh, there's a new person. Welcome, welcome. I am Cassandra. You must be Dworkin. I am upside down. He's not. (laughs) Okay. Sure, you're upside down. Which means you are right side up. Correct. I am right side up. Interesting. Now, so, I remember you all looking a little bit more put together. You, you, you seem a little, I don't know, uh, dirty. So how important was this jewel that you're looking for? What, what, what kind of a question? I'm just curious, because I, I wasn't involved, so I'm just wondering. Wait, wait, I mean, there were four of you going down and then five of you came up yes that is a neat trick it is a very neat trick but there was actually a sixth person down there what i am confused so after i arrived i arrived inside of this beast you arrived inside a beast yes inside a beast (laughs) And my then... young lady, can I tell you something? In all my years, I think... But I was right side up inside the beast. Okay, you were right side up, but you were still inside yes. the beast. She was right side up and going down. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you people are very unusual. So apparently my cousins were trying to fight this beast to get a jewel or some something. And they, wait, 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 and wait. They got the say jewel. that again, say that again. What? Your cousins were fighting the beast? Yes. Glaurung the Great Worm? Yes. See, I have a piece of him. What? What is that? <laughs> oh my god! By the unicorn! 
that, that is a piece of Clowron. Yes. Well, what Quite have you say, done? He I was didn't do not anything. very open to talking. Is it still? And he reaches over and tries to touch it. Do you let him? Yep. Oh, still imbued with the pattern. That's why I took it. <laughs> so what happened? Where is Clowrong? Oh, by the gods. Glaurung is dead. <laughs> and the jewel, what does it mean to you? We, we need to know. Why didn't you just ask him? I didn't say go down and kill Glaurung. He's, oh my word. Astrid, tell 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 this tell this sod what you said to Glaurung. We asked multiple times, very kindly, and even offered an exchange. He was not willing to negotiate. It's not as though we attacked him. He definitely did attack us. Well, well were you threatening him? Did you, not at the moment. Did not you, at the time. Did you bring in foul magics and sorcery? No. No. What about... We were, actually, we were actually very civilized. Look at Astrid. Does she not seem civilized to you? <laughs> Well, she does, but, but, you know, Glaurung is a, is a, is, is a wonderful... Worm. Glaurung is a worm. What? Actually, Glaurung was, was a, worm. a worm, yes. But now, unfortunately, is just a small piece of, looks like a head cheese. Yes, it's, <laughs> yes. it's, it's a bit of sludge left over. Um, yes, we cleaned Wait, up your no, mess. No, no, okay, okay, uh, okay. So, if that is Glaurung... Where is the jewel? Well, did I mention a sixth person? Our other cousin Alain arrived, and he managed to steal the jewel. <gasps> and then disappeared, and he did use sorcery. Sorcery is, is feeble. It, 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 it barely has the ability to withstand the pattern. Glaurung uh, is a great worm protected by the most... Stable well, thing. He arrived after Glaurong was dead. Yes, he was most cowardly in his approach, and he used a great deal of uh, sorcery but, and but, but. summoning of, of wolves and and shadow uh, to trick us. Shadow? What do you mean, shadow? We were surrounded by shadow. We could not see. It blocked yes, all sound. Yes. Uh, and meanwhile, this one, and Sigrun points to Sorrel, uh, started to turn into a centipede. And he was using some kind of black tendrils. It was most distasteful, and I would love it if you could tell I've us never, where we yeah, might I, find I've him. I've never seen anything like it, and I tried very hard to stop him, but I had difficulty. What, what How would you describe these black? Were they spindly and stretchy and a little random? Would I say that that was... Maybe. They were very strong, but they were spindly. Were they a bit smelly? Were they smelly? Extremely. <laughs> describe the odor. Sulfur. Oh, no. Rotten eggs. No, no, no. no, no. A bit fishy. N no fishy. Wait. Rotten eggs. Sulfur. Sulfurous. 
Brimstone. Brimstone, no! Why? Chaos! It was chaos? He brought the Logris into the cavern! How did he learn about... What's... What? Huh? The Logris! The other sign! What are you... What are you saying? What do you mean? How... How would he have gotten access to chaos? I don't know. But, but clearly, he, he must have been waiting for you to uh, attack the worm. You know, because the Logris cannot defeat the pattern. It is too strong. But, if you had... What, sorry, what, what is the Logris? The Logris is the sign of the alternate uh, manifestation of the universe. Uh, in amber, there is pattern and order, and at the other opposite end of things, I suppose you could say, there is the Logris. It's a... Uh, a little chaotic, as they say, representative of everything that cannot be defined. And if your friend had access to this... Then... Oh, oh, no, 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 no. You, you mistake us. He is Not no friend. friend. Well, then, this, this, is, this is terrible. Well, anyway. Indeed. But wait, wait. What I don't understand is why would a wielder of the Logris seek... An object, an artifact of the pattern. The two are antithetical. They cannot abide each other. How can one imbued with it attempt to use it? Normally it would destroy them. That's what we were hoping that you could help us with. But Alain is part amber. He's an amberite? His mother is Florimel. Oh, 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 no. Oh, I know. He is weak, and he is conniving, yes. and he has fooled us, and he will soon be dead. <sighs> well, this does not bode very well. <sighs> so could Alain be part amber and part chaos? Is that possible? Well, normally... If you are a Chaosian from the courts, you are born there, and your birthright is the Logris. But if he was born of an Amberite, born of Florimel, who does trade in some of these mystic arts in the Trump, quite gifted is she, then he would have in his blood the ability to walk the pattern, to hold it, and be able to manipulate the Logris at the same time. Then you must help us so that yes. we can stop him. We need to. If I, you need this jewel, we need your help to find him. I I have a question. If I just wanted to look at the jewel again to admire its multiple facets, I did not want to use it. I did not want to have it stolen. And now the very nature of reality is put at risk. What were you thinking? Well, Well, you could have been a bit more helpful if you just wanted to look at it. A lot more helpful. He does this weird thing with his hands 
and his body basically floats back up upside down and basically goes into the contraption on the ceiling and he basically crosses his hands tightly in front of his chest like a bat and you can see that he's rocking himself back and forth really slowly. Dworkin. Upside down man. Can you imagine? Hanged man. Hanged man. How much I love you. Hello? Huh, what, what, what? We need your help. Well, can't you see I'm undergoing uh, a bit of a uh, post-traumatic stress? Uh, yeah, we're going through that too. Can you help us? If you need to see this jewel, we need to recover it. I just wanted to admire it. Well, we can, if you help us find it, then we can bring it back for you to admire. Okay, okay. Where, where is it? Where did he take it? Who we is this? We have no idea. I, wait, I don't know what you expect of me. Well, you, uh, you want me to bring out a trump and say, Ah, oh, voila, here is Alain, and, and then you can just go find him? Well, can you, <coughs> maybe you can teach us how to use the trumps or give us a trump so that we can then, or tell us who might be able to help us, or tell us how to track someone who used a trump to leave. <sighs> Well, if his mother is Florimel, what if you uh, track her down and say, hey, where is that son of yours? Well, she thinks he's dead. Why do you not just teach us how to uh, walk the pattern? I could teach you to walk the pattern, but there's no pattern to walk. Especially now that the jewel is traipsing around and who knows where. The jewel No, is there's the a piece of pattern right here. This sludge that, uh, yes, that Cassandra brought back. You uh, said yourself. You, can you walk the piece of head cheese? <sighs> no. It is imbued with pattern energy. It is not the pattern. Are you saying that the jewel itself is the pattern? Well, eh... Uh, I, I suppose, on a very metaphysical level, that has some truth to it, for the pattern would not be without the jewel, and the jewel could not be without the pattern. Although there's sort of a different dimension involved. It's very complicated. It's hard to explain. Mm-hmm. Of course it is. So what can you do to help us? It was a bad idea. I think what we need now, Dvorkin, is we need a trump from you so that we can come back to you when you are able to assist us. Well, don't you already have one? And he, he's looking Dworkin at Sorrel. You could use it. I have a trump of V-Hang Man. Yes, upside Not down. Try it, try it, try it, try it, try it. I am right now. Try it. Okay, I am going to pull out the card and see what happens when I focus on it. Okay, you get a sense of this place 
not necessarily Dworkin himself, but, you know, there is a resonance that activates and basically infiltrates the rest of this room and you feel the card glow in your hand and have an immediate connection to uh, this area. Now, uh, the few times that you've traveled with Trump, it's more reaching across vast distances. So it's kind of weird to have that almost immediate connection where you are pulling the very thing that you are seeking in at the same time. So it's almost like it's right there and everywhere. Okay, so that's not Oberon, that's Dworkin. Okay. No, it is the Hanged Man. Yes, but... Very important, young miss. Ah. So does the Hanged Man change over time? Could it be different people or will it always be you? Well, once upon a time, it was Oberon. He went down into the well in order to exchange his eye. And I suppose that's how it got into Glaurung. But I don't know. I think he's a little upset with me. I haven't spoken with him in at least... Oh, it's been quite some time. Oberon is missing. So do you think that perhaps the jewel overtook Oberon in a similar way to that it tried to overtake Sorrel. And perhaps Glaurung is, was Oberon. Wait, wait, wait. Why would the jewel overtake Sorrel? Sorrel, do you have a connection already to the jewel of judgment? The jewel of judgment? Well, yes. Otherwise known as the jewel. The jewel. Do well. I didn't think I had a connection to it, but when I picked it up, I lost myself. Well, that is but unusual. It, I, it smells to me more like something this Alley would have done. Now, this Alley, he, if he could travel here he sounds like a very strategic thinker and uh, presumably has trump as well which would make him artistic so are you sure that he was not meddling with you as opposed to the jewel he was definitely meddling with it well then that explains it more i would say because it doesn't make sense that the jewel would try to take you over. It has no volition. It would require the attunement of an active participant, not the other way around. Hmm. One more reason to put Alain on the list. He's top of my list now, and the list is getting longer by the day. I wonder what Oberon may have obtained in exchange from Glaurung for his eye. Oh, it is said that he attained wisdom. I don't really know what you do with that, but it seemed important to him at the time. What was he trying to achieve when he did this? To become wise. That's generally to what, what happened. I don't, well... To gain insight and knowledge. 
perhaps into the underpinnings of the universe. But you would think if that were the case, he would just come to talk to me. But he so was always this, stubborn. Is this is this some weird mutation of Mimer's well? And Oberon is Odin? Those are names. Names of myth and power. And this is, by the way, Ig, the center of all things, the world tree, connected to the nine worlds. So I suppose, yes, in a sense. Then if that is the case, then I would expect that Oberon received... Aside from wisdom, he would also have received distress and not known to do with what to do with the information he received. So say the tales. Well, generally, when you lose an eye, and I'm about to lose my voice. (laughs) 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 It's really hard. (laughs) Excuse me, I'm going to shift a little bit. Uh, Generally, when you lose your eye, there is some stress involved. Yes, absolutely. Well. Do you know where he went now? Oberon, I already told you I don't know. Mm. Huh. Huh. Do you have any other? Yes, I have a question. Oh. Do you have any trump? Well, of course, I am Dworkin. Of course I have trump. You have come to the grandfather of Trump, why? <laughs> Do you have Oberon's Trump? Well, if I had his Trump, well, then I would just call him up. And see, the problem is, is he's not picking up. No one oh, on the sh- other line. Uncertain sure. if it is connecting. Do you have sure, that's the problem. Of course it is. Well, do you have a lace trump? I most certainly do not. Do you have Flora's trump? I do, of course I do. Do you think a Flora quick question. could help us? What is your question? Yes, I do want to hear the answer to Cassandra's question as well, but you you say that Oberon is not answering his trump, but perhaps if someone other than you tried it, they might have better luck. (laughs) You know that I drew his trump. Yes, you could try to use my artifact, but the greatest connection is between the artist and his subject. So I would say, if you want to, knock yourself out. Oh, maybe he's mad at you. He might not be mad at us. Well, that's true. Would you like to try? Yeah, Astrid, didn't you have a good connection with Oberon? My memories, but uh, I have very fond memories of him. I, I don't mind trying, though you might be better suited to the task, Cassandra. Wait, you you have fond memories of Oberon? Are you sure yes. you are in your right mind? 
well, I... Do you sure your recollections are accurate and not distorted in some way? It's only pieces, only images from when I was a child. Oh, and we all know those are accurate. Oh, go on. Hmm. (laughs) Oh, God, uh, I... It is a memory of my father, and there was... I felt great love. Well, one should always feel great love for their father. was there as well. Uh Uh-huh. And, uh, okay... So you would like to try then? Who who is your father? My father, my father is Gerard. Oh, I got. I hope that's true. I'd have to check my notes. Oh, mighty Gerard. Well, I suppose that's an interesting one. Uh, are you a sailor? Yes, indeed, I am a sailor. Oh, that's good. Then you take after your father. That is a good sign. Well, I suppose. Now, this is the problem. We had a compact and agreement that you would go and retrieve the jewel. Now, granted, my instructions were a little vague, but I expected to be able to retrieve the jewel, and now you did not do such a thing. Yes, we will take it back from Alain, you can be sure of that. And for that you just wish a loan of your father's trump. Is that correct? Uh, yes, that is correct. A loan of my father's trump would be magnificent. Not, not, what, what connections do you have uh, between uh, uh, the, this Alain person then? Is, is, you are forgetting about that? Our cousin, what do you mean connections? Well, some way to track him down, to, to find him, to, to recover the jewel. You understand how important this is, otherwise the sky will start falling. Oh, we understand. We would love a way to attract Alain. If he's an agent, if he's using chaos, could the dragon help us? And I, I actually say that looking at my cousins. I thought you killed the dragon. No, the other dragon. No, our other... No, no. Uh, I'm sorry, Dworkin. I don't mean Glaurong. I mean Dragonier. I don't know that name. He's a chaos dragon. Oh. And he serves us. All of us. He serves you, does he? Indeed. A chaos dragon serving you. Yes, (sighs) indeed. Us. Unfortunately. All of us. (laughs) Astrid stresses. (laughs) Interesting. I suppose. I must say that I have truly never, in all my long years, encountered such strange concepts. Amberites mixing with chaos dragons. Chaos born able to handle the jewel of judgment. 
We live in interesting times, I would say. Yeah, uh, Dwar, can I just have a question? Well, you have all been nothing but question, question, question. It is getting a little tiresome. I grow no. weak and fatigued, and I have Cain. not had my tea. Oh, yes. I spoke with Cain and Amber, and he mentioned something Why would about- you speak to that conniving, ne'er-do-well, uh, non-trustworthy, backstabbing thief? Well, I wasn't aware about that, that about him. But, um... Um, when I was speaking to him, he mentioned something about chaos and like chaos infusing itself through shadow and something about a unicorn. And you trust this cane? I don't know. I don't know anything <coughs> about him. But he seemed willing to help me. Well, of course he seemed willing to help you. He's Cain. Yeah, Do would... you know anything about chaos infusing itself into shadow? Well... Uh, Is he telling the truth? It. You take a look out there. Uh, there's a bit going on. Black roads and everything interspersing themselves, reflected through all shadow, and presumably drawing a line from chaos, I would assume. <coughs> So could Alain be doing something on these black roads? If he has the jewel, he is seeking it for one purpose, and it is not linked with the black road. The black road is a broken pattern that is reflected throughout shadow. He sees something more ambitious. A rewrite of the pattern itself. And that is why the sky is about to fall. What will happen if he creates a new pattern? Well, everything will be rewritten, of course. So he'll start, he'll create a new world? A new existence? Well, yes, everything that has been established and created and reflected, will be reborn anew according to whatever mad vision he has. And this, then, is how pattern and chaos work together. Yes. Yes, they, in a sense, in essence, are balances for each other. But now that balance risks to be upset, I would say. Alain is a fool. Yes, but he is a fool with the jewel of judgment. That makes him so a very have... powerful fool. And so he... what can you do then to give us power so that we stand a chance to stop him? <sighs> Let me ponder. Should Do you think Alain is taking this jewel to chaos? I don't know because I don't, I am not aware if he has alliances, but if he wields the Logris, then he has been there. So quite possibly he has forged an alliance with Chaos and Chaos is perhaps leveraging him in order to gain advantage over Amber as they always do. 
And Elaine always wanted to control Amber. Yep. And he will do anything he can to do it. Okay, so I think that tells us we need to get everybody in Amber allied against chaos. I don't think that would be hard to do. Most of them who are aware of chaos would know that they would fight the great enemy and vice versa. But what I worry is that all of this is exactly what I... And can I ask you a question? How smart is Ale? Obviously not very to tempt fate with us. <laughs> but he He's took... cunning. Yes. He's not as smart as I am. Do you think you with your limited experience, could have pulled off this heist. No. And you think you are smarter than Alain? I think he has more knowledge about... And perhaps more help. And perhaps more help. Ah, there. It means that there is someone else within... Did you have knowledge of the Logris? No. Did you have knowledge of the jewel of judgment? No. Yet he is your peer and cousin, yes? Grew up with you together, played with the same toys, slept with the same teddy bears. That's oh, what we thought. Gross. But he Thank was God I was son. somewhere else. Well then, it stands to reason that there are others who are likely using him. Where you find Alain, you will find them and where they are. Who knows what players are involved? And so be careful. I hear what you are saying about seeking allies in Amber to combat chaos. But this is an obvious ploy. Of course they would fight each other. They are too happy to make that happen. And while that great and glorious battle occurs, well then, Alain and whoever is his puppet master are planning the rewrite of everything. So, do not be distracted. I don't know. I am just upside down. And he grasps himself and begins rocking back okay. and forth. Well, I think we learned a lot there, somehow. We did. <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> so, cousins, well, we have we have a task before it. Clearly, we have to stop Elaine. Yes, but how do we find Elaine? So, who do we speak to to find Elaine? <laughs> well... well Floramel would has the biggest connection to Alain, and she is probably the most likely. But she but from will not what you help said, us. she had no idea how to find him. But maybe she will be willing to help if we all go and we swear allegiance or swear our oath to King Eric. Ah, uh, let's swear um, no such thing. And you do not anyways, have to Eric doesn't. He doesn't know, know you exist. Do you think that your sword mother might be able to help us? She has a trump deck, does she not? 
She should. She should have awareness of Alain as she had awareness of the rest of you. And we could ask Dragonier. Perhaps there is a way to track him through chaos. Uh, Sigrun will pull out her trump of uh, Deirdre. And she'll say, let's waste not more time. And she'll pull out the trump and she'll she'll look at Cassandra because Cassandra has clearly done this before. It'll be an unspoken uh, ask for assistance. Okay, I assist. Uh, and then she will uh, focus on the card and sending a message to Deirdre, Swordmother, uh, and ask that she and her companions be brought together to Deirdre. You feel the connection in the card begin to glow and to warm. And the image and the physical presence of the card itself begins to morph and to almost meld into another place. And you can feel the wintry cold begin to reach out and you can feel the winds swirl around you. On the other edge, you reach out and there is that slight touch as your presence reaches out towards this other and attempts to make contact. There is a pulse and a beginning, a tentative question asking who it is. Say your name. It is Sigrun and her cousins. Astrid. Yep. You feel that nagging kind of pulse touching upon you, insistent, repetitive, seeking to connect, a trump contact asking to connect, to open. What do you do? Oh, I brace myself and say, okay. Well, I don't say that out loud. Mentally, I say, okay. (laughs) And you get that familiar presence of a certain cousin. Mm. And Gideon speaks through. Astrid! Cousin, how are you? Peaches and cream, Gideon. Peaches and cream. Wonderful. It's been so long. And with that, We will call it a day.